Motorist Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have come together to create a better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders, encircling you with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. The Masters is back. Stream all four days from Augusta and get every second of big swinging, glorious setting, career besting, water splashing, record breaking, tiger taming, Rory winning, maybe eagle making, green jacketing, golf glory you could ask for. Grab a Now TV Sky Sports Week Pass and watch all four days of the Masters for just 15 euro. Search Now TV today. Content streamed via the internet, full terms at nowtv.com. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Woo! Welcome back. Uh, before we get started in this, you know this thing right here. I gotta say, welcome home to my main man. Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Yeah. yeah. Holy smokes. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Tony Bruno Show. Beautiful. 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 On the all-new TonyBrunoShow.com. Rental discretion is advised. You know what they think? The man chosen to save American radio from its horrible future. Now, here he is. Oh, yeah. It's like family. It's, it's like, like being family. in the Olive Garden. Yeah. You guys are just like family. That's the fact. He didn't invent radio. He just perfected it. I'm innocent. What's the name of that place? Big Packers. I want full cavity searches. Everyone, go deep on them. The godfather of sports radio. It is a final. Here is. You got a big one in there? Tony Bruno. Tony Bruno. Yes, children, you've come to the right place. Your escape from reality, politics, and all the other nonsense that's taking up way too much of our times on this beautiful Wednesday, What Up Wednesday, it is the Tony Bruno Show Live podcast. We've gathered around the radio with the breaking news right out of the gate that Joe Corrado will not be on the podcast tonight. Why? Do we know? He's stuck down the shore. Oh, shh. Ah, no, no, no. Is he no. at Mac and Manco's Pizza? I hope not. That thing sucks. Maco and Manco or Mac and Mac. <clears throat> Here's the interesting thing. Mac and Mac Pizza, mm-hmm. which is famous on the boardwalk, is a cash-only business, as you know. <laughs> well, obviously. The owner is going to be going to prison at the end of the season. I'm not making this up. Because well, it's a cash business, exactly. Because he basically was convicted of stealing money and not reporting it to the IRS. So what is he going to do? They're going to give him the whole summer to make more money in a cash business before he goes to jail. Wouldn't you think one of the crime, one of the punishments would be you have to not use cash? How about using credit cards or taking ATM or credit cards or EBT? Wouldn't you think that the IRS, who likes to punish people, would say, okay, listen, we're cutting you some slack. You open a new place. It's a big joint in Ocean City, New Jersey. How about this? You can go in and do the summer thing and charge people $28 for an $11 pizza, but you can't do cash only, sucker. Cash only got you in trouble, which is why you are going to prison. Just a simple deduction here as we open up the program. 
Right? I mean, doesn't that make sense to you? It kind of does, The IRS. Yeah, I know. Don't they garnish wages when you don't pay anything? Yes. But they didn't garnish this guy's wages because he had cash under a mattress somewhere under the boardwalk in Ocean City. I believe it was under the music pier, for those who understand the New Jersey Shore. Is that Shore. Maurice or? <laughs> no, that's Wildwood. Okay, sorry. Well, let's get your Jersey Shore stuff straight now. I don't go down there. It's Tony Bruno. Miss Robin's here. Luigi's here wearing his, uh, his rompum. I'm not, not the romper. <laughs> Romp in. I'm yeah, in my romp Ni- in. I'm in my Nike tank, dude. It's, it's hot out, Tony. Let me be the first man who's man enough to man up and say, I will wear a romp him this summer. Well, you what? know, you, you are in good company. One of the most famous yes. romp him wearing people is James Bond, Sean 007. Connery. Remember Sean Connery? I think yeah. it was Thunderball. Was it the movie Thunderball? You should have stayed back there, too, Tony. And now there's this new thing that they always try to force on us to wear. And most of the fads I don't get involved in, other than growing the beard on a gray, gray beard thing. It's a grown man wearing a onesie in summertime. Yes, but the difference between the romp-her, romper, romper, I didn't even kiss her. The women, it's a onesie, basically. That's what I just said. But women, can, women, don't, women don't like it because they have to take the whole thing off to pee. We Red. don't. Correct. And I mean, that's what, in that particular case, men have a complete yes, but, but leg see, up Yes, but to show you it. that men are more regarded than women, unfortunately, and it has nothing to do with me because I didn't make this thing. But in the rompim, which is the men's version of the romper, they have a zipper so a guy doesn't have to take the whole thing off to pee. Which is totally unfair. It I is mean, unfair. I, I, where's, I the, think... where's the feminists standing up for this? Where are the marches on Washington, on Chicago, and all these other cities? So yes. we'll discuss the rompum yes. tonight. Yes. Would you wear a rompum, Luigi? You're Hell a manly no. man. Hell no. Why not? Because it just it looks. You're ridiculous. wearing a stinking tank top. Oh, can I wear a tank top? I, but I have a pair of pants on. I want to show this. So, so here's the rompum. Everybody can see this now on your screen. I wear. You know what? This is care. James I Bond wearing Bond. the famous okay, so, blue rompum. Because I'm going to go out there and I'm going to say I'm wearing a romper, and they're going to say why. I'm going to say because James Bond wore a romper, and they're going to say, but you're not James Bond. You're an asshole. That's what they're going to say. That's what they're going to say. And you know me. I hate hipster stuff. I'm not a guy. This is is hipster level expert is what this is. But I'll wear it just to show people that I'm a man and I'm over 40. I'll tell you what. Please don't. Please don't. I'll tell you what. You get a romper, I'll romp with you. We should romp. You you have seen these, right, Louise? Yeah, I've seen. I'll romp with you. It's the big story now in the world of fashion. According, if you watch all these, like Robin watches that stupid "Say Yes to the Dress" show. Yeah, I've seen it. It's well, I've I've seen. I want to hurt myself. By the way, as you are watching this on Facebook Live, Twitter, Periscope, YouTube. and YouTube Live, we are living up to our promise from a week ago. What did I say last week on the podcast? We would have. We would have rotating meat on the show tonight. I don't mean we'd bring in different men and different women every 15 (laughs) minutes. We have actual Showtime rotisserie grill live meat action. Correct. And I, I, the the live meat cam is up and running. Is that in the meat locker? Oh, it smells so good in here, though. It does. It does. I mean, okay. So we all have to admit something right now. Every single one of us did not think it was going to work this well, correct? No. no. What do you mean every single one of us? Not me. Of course I did. Did you have complete faith that it was going to do as well as it did? Yes. That's why Ron Paul Peel said, set it and forget it. I I mean, seriously, like from the second we turned it on, you could start smelling the meat cooking. It smells so good. It looks amazing right now. People can, if you're watching us on live on Facebook and all the other places that you watch this show, 
if you're listening to it, obviously you won't be able to see the meat turn. But now Robin has a camera just on it, right? And that's Correct. live in our kitchen. Yep. Here in South Philadelphia, USA. Live meat turning. How far into the process are we? We're, I don't mean the draft process. That's like five years and running. We'll, we'll touch on that in a little yes, bit. Yes, exactly. We're this, about an hour in. An hour in. So according to the Ron Pope Peel guidelines, and we have a nice, is it a bottom <laughs> guidelines. Guidelines. Is it a top roast or a bottom roast? I think this is a top round. I, don't so, know, I think this is bottom round. We like a round bottom, but this, I don't think this is bottom round. It's top. Are round. you a top or bottom, by the way? Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a top, bro. Uh, just checking. <laughs> I'm a top, man. Are you really? Yes. Do you, un- you, you understand what I'm talking about? Am I, am I no fuckus too? I mean, I hate to do it to you, man. Or I hate to do it to you this early into the show. I am a top. Just a top? I mean, don't you like to switch it up a little bit, you know? Plus, yeah, tonight, you, can't, you can't do go- true cowgirl if you're, you know. No, but tops and like bottoms like are not it. usually re- uh, associated with uh, heterosexual sex. If I have to explain right. that, that's to why you. I, I said I'm a top, not a bottom, Tony. If I was gonna, so, so when you're with words, a man, you're the uh, you're the top. Tony, I'm Tony not with would, a man, Tony. Well, well that's that why case, when you gave the answer, I wanted to make sure we got the record straight. Yeah, the here. record straight. Okay. So you in other words, wear, you're neither. <laughs> we'll ask that question when we're wearing rompers. All right, that's what we'll do, Tony. Luigi, I do believe that according to Tony's rules, the answer would have been neither. Exactly. Not my rules. It's only when you ne- ask that question, people so, no, understand I, what it means. I don't think, I don't think, to me, I've never, even though it is mostly associated with a homosexual sexual lifestyle. Which I'm not opposed I to or, or criticized. I have never thought of it that way because I believe that in a heterosexual or a bisexual or an all sexual, whatever lifestyle, you can be top, bottom, side, back. That's the way forward. I roll. <laughs> That's the way be, I roll. You can be a little bit of everything. <laughs> anyway, so we won't talk about that tonight unless you want to call and talk about it. But also coming up on the show tonight, something I promised also last week, that I would get on one of our favorites, the greatness that is Rico Bronia, ladies and gentlemen. Put your hands together. Rico Bronia will be on the program tonight. How great is Rico Bronia? Remember last week I we was were awesome. talking about Aaron Altair of the Phillies Last week, when he was on a tear, when the actually people were still paying attention to the Phillies. Yeah, we don't even have them on. Usually, we have them on in the background. No, when people don't, don't pay attention. I don't think they're on this. They're playing in Texas. Or at least they're showing up in Texas to get slaughtered once again by the Texas Rangers, who are missing their best player and their best pitcher. Cole Hamels. Exactly. I don't know if he's their best pitcher, but uh, he's been out for a while. But the point is, Aaron Altair did something that very few Phillies did last week. He had three games where he hit three home runs in three consecutive games. Mike Schmidt was the last Philly to do that in 1991. That's uh, 1981, I think. Was that the year, or was it 91? Anyway, Mike Schmidt was the last Philly to hit three consecutive home runs in three consecutive games. And then the other part of it is that Altair, who's the left fielder for the Phillies, drove in three runs in three consecutive games. So three or more RBIs in three consecutive games. The last person to do that was Rico Bronia in 1998, which a lot of people were surprised to hear because, you know, the Phillies have had a lot of great players. They won a World Series. They were in another one. 98 Phillies weren't a great team. And so you don't think of, you know, it's got to be a Mike Schmidt. It's got to be a Chase Utley or a Jimmy Rollins or a Ryan Howard the last guy who had three RBIs in three consecutive games. It doesn't sound like a major feat, but when you consider three RBIs in three consecutive games, you know, home run hitters gets one home run, that's three RBIs, hits a three-run homer. You know, that's, that doesn't seem that hard to do. But for the Phillies to go almost 20 years, well, actually, 98 what? to 208, no, almost 20 years. 
Well, almost but, 19 years it's been since the Philly has had three games where he's had three or more RBIs in three consecutive games. 1998 is like 29 years, 19 years ago, right? Well, no. 98? If, if you say Schmidt did it, when did Schmidt do it? No, Schmidt hit three home runs. Oh, three home, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Tony. There's a difference. Three home runs in three consecutive games. Three RBIs in three consecutive games, a totally different thing. You don't have to hit three home runs to get three RBIs. You get a bases loaded single, you know, a double with two men on, whatever the case may be. So Rico Bronia was the answer. I said, we should get Rico on the show. He used to call into my night show, and Robin and I were in California, and he's always been a fun guy and a great guy, so we'll have Rico on the show tonight. He's awesome. We'll talk about his, what's going on in his life. We'll talk about his career. He's we'll amazing. Talk, we'll talk about what happens, what this guy has gone through in his life, not just as an athlete, but as a human being. Exactly. What he had to I face know. with a spinal arthritic situation, which caused the Mets to get rid of him and trade him to the Phillies because they didn't think he was physically capable of playing baseball, which he was close to not being able to do. Came to Philly for a couple of years, had 24 home runs one season, which was his best season ever, even though it was a first-round draft pick of the Detroit Tigers. The guy overcame spinal arthritis. And then later on, at the end of his career, he became a coach and had to deal with testicular cancer. So, I mean, this guy's been through a lot and still has an unbelievable upbeat attitude. So he'll join the show. We'll talk about. And you know what he's doing right now? He's a scout for the Los Angeles, California, Anaheim, Disneyland-adjacent Angels. So he goes out to minor league games and uh, watches the young kids play. He's in Virginia and we'll talk to him from Virginia about Rico Bronia, and we'll talk about the Angels and the guy that we really want. If yep. the Phillies are ever going to be good again or really a contender again, they need that one superstar. And according to Rico Bronia, we have no chance in hell of getting him whatsoever. Now, we did, we did say that we were going to try. We didn't promise this one last week, but we did say we were also going to try to get Ron Popeil on. We have a Ron Popeil update, though? And um, we, we... Let's go to the update yes. desk now and give you the very latest on the man who we call... King of gadgetry. Now, right? I mean, the guy yes. invented everything. He, so he actually was that very was excited about coming on the show. We talked to his people. Uh, Stacy is uh, one of his his uh, producers, PR people. PR people, and she said that I, I sent her the clip of what we were talking about. He really wanted to be able to, but he was already booked for tonight. Okay. So uh, he apologizes, and he says that he is looking forward to the follow-up on how we did. And so far, I got to say, Ron, if you're, when you're listening to this, I am so amazed. Mm. I cannot believe that it took us this long to have a Ronco rotisserie well, grill. Well, we smell this coming we, we have mentioned this for the Showtime rotisserie grill forever on this show. You know, well, the whole been, set it and forget well, it thing. Well, I mean, okay, so I actually already explained this to the Ronco people. I don't know who started it. At some point or another, some fan, and then it kind of caught on, started talking about the Tony Bruno show being the set it and forget it show. Oh, exactly. Set it and forget it. That's, that's all what, you have to do. That's all you have to do when you listen to the right. podcast. And so that's why you set I started. It and forget it. So you you set it on the station, you listen to it, and you forget about all the other things that are going well, on. Well, you're hearing you're, this on a radio station. No, you're no, hearing no, this yeah. on uh, So you're you're setting but you're forgetting about TV shows. You just set exactly. it and forget it. Exactly. So that's a and and it became sort of this inside joke. And um Lo and behold. Yeah. We get our hands on a Showtime rotis, which are still available, I guess, right? Yes, yes. I got an email from a listener out in California. I want one. You want one? I, 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 are I they still one. available? I want one. They are available. 
How much are those uh, things? Because we got it rolling. Four easy payments of thirty nine. No, I don't know what they are anymore. Now, Ron Popeil has sold the Ronco company. Exactly. He is still affiliated with them as an occasional spokesperson, but he actually sold it. So he, uh, so the Ronco machines and everything that are associated with Ronco are sold by Ronco Corporation. They sell them the Russians. I hope he didn't sell them to the Russians. I hope not. But um, if you go on to, I think it's Ronco.com. If you go onto the company mm-hmm. website, you can purchase everything right on there. Beautiful. And without Ron Popeil, I mean, somebody else would have invented stuff because there's a lot of inventions. But all the as-seen-on-TV sections in your stores... By the way, Rob, you need to turn the air conditioner back on. It's I like know. an oven in here. I do. I do. It's, it's, it's the first it's hot much. day. Okay, hang on. We got an oven going. We got the Showtime rotisserie grill. And we don't have the air conditioning on. It's like 100... I'm going to have to put my onesie on for the rest of the <laughs> show. your romper on, man. My rom- I don't have a romper yet. But if someone wants to send me a romper... I'll I wear will, a romper. I will wear it on the show. I will promote it. So if there's a romper company out there, not Romper Room, which used to be a show when I watched as a kid. Remember Romper Room, Robin? They were in every city, and there was always some Miss Somebody. Not Miss Robin, but, you know, there'd be Miss Somebody, and there'd be a kiddie show where she'd sit around w- with a bunch of little kids. It wasn't a cartoon. There was always, like, a Miss Julie or a yes. Miss Heidi. Or yes, and she'd sit around with... Yeah! Yeah, and she'd sit around, and all the little kids would try to look up her dress, and we would try to look up her dress at home, and too. They, and then she would look through <laughs> and, and her... And her home address. <laughs> And was it a magic mirror or something? I don't that she remember. Would look at? We got to no, do no, a romper. No, I remember. There's, there's a magic mirror that she would look, and she goes, "I see Jimmy, and I see Luigi, and I see Robin." You don't see me. And Tony. I know my beard is getting awfully yeah, white. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> looking translucent over there. I, I don't remember what was it. They, every every city had its own romper miss room. Whatever. Exactly. Though. Anyway, if you want to call in. 717-363-TONY is the number. 717-363-8669. Open lines. A lot of stuff to get to tonight. Hour one would be the best hour to get into because in hour two we'll be playing the Rico Bronia interview. It's a little lengthy. Yeah, we talked to Rico a little earlier because he has a game that he's scouting tonight. So I've been talking to him all week about getting him on, but he's down in Salem, Virginia, right near Roanoke. And he's been scouting uh, single-A baseball. And I have to, I, I got to interrupt real quick. Marcet says, Marcet Dunham on um, Facebook, longtime fan, says, uh, do not do the romper for the love of God, no. Why? Think, Who's it going to hurt? I think I pull off a romper. I can pull off, uh, I can pull off a romper. I can pull one on, too. <laughs> I'd rather pull a romper <laughs> off a woman. But whatever you need to do, I'll oh, go Oh, good Lord. I can't even... Uh, by the way, I, I have a, I have a, bra- I, a speaking. Robin. I have breaking news about Mike Trout. No, they haven't. Yeah, the trailer, the Phillies haven't traded the entire 76ers draft for Mike Trout. We will ask. Uh, we'll ask uh, Rico Bronia about Mike Trout. Obviously, he scouts for the Angels. He knows Mike Trout, and we'll ask. We asked him about uh, you know with the you know, Mike Trout's a Philly area guy, South Jersey. Sure. You know, people here would love to see him here. He's a big Philly fan. He covers the. He follows the Eagles. He came to a couple of Eagles games, hung out with Carson Wentz. Oh, yeah. So Mike Trout. Everyone in Philadelphia was whacking off that. You know what Mike Trout's OPS is right now? And I know you love those stats. Oh, we love OPS on this program, Tony. What is it? 1.200. No other angel on the entire roster in Anaheim is over .735. It's incredible. Albert Pujols has a negative war. And is still owed $114 million. And Paul, but Paul also always asks the question, what is it good for? You know what I mean? So that's why he can care less about war. 
Absolutely yeah, nothing. Yeah, and, and, and this isn't a knock at Albert Pauls. I mean, no, the guy he's was a, a great, great player. player. He's going to Hall of Fame. It's just a, yeah. Listen, injuries, Tony, and time. Absolutely. More than anything. But that's how great Mike Trout is. It's not a knock on Pauls. Pauls is still a very, really good player. But Trout is like next level. We talk about Bryce Harper. We'll get into Bryce Harper versus Mike Trout with Rico Bronia. Guy who played baseball. He's seen them both, obviously. Obviously, he's got to love Bryce Harper, whether you like the guy or not, because, of the, because Phillies fans don't like him because he always beats the hell out of him. But he's a guy you'd love to have on your – there's no team in baseball that wouldn't want to have Bryce Harper. I don't care what he does in the outfield. Whether, who cares? Do you care whether the guy does things that rub you the wrong way? No. Jason, he, wins. he wins. Well, he doesn't win any World Series. And if they don't get a closer in Washington, he's not going to win one this year, this year either. Well, at least one that won't want to choke him out. Exactly right. <laughs> so anyway, we'll talk uh, to Rico Bronia about that. By the way, we have a little bit of housekeeping really, really quick. Uh, what do we make? Did Louisa make another mess in the kitchen? No, no, nothing at all. <laughs> I wasn't even in the kitchen, Tony. Tonight's uh, show is brought to you by Ting. Every little Ting going to be all right. Uh, some of you might have been hearing us talk about Ting over the last couple days. Well, we gave out some of these Ting cards. Yes. Uh, last year. I didn't so, get anything. So, so let me tell you how this You went. didn't get one of these tings? <laughs> I didn't get anything. <laughs> Any ting. What's the matter with you? T-I-N-G. That's so what I said. You guys have all been probably hearing about us complaining about the high cost, cost of, of cell phone, cell phone service. service. I mean, for two phones, we were, what, paying $200 or something crazy? Or No, sorry. It was three phones because uh, we had your mother's phone still Correct. on there. But she wasn't using it. But it was like it. $180 a month. It's crazy. And I, it wasn't even, you know, and then there's always overages. Right. So we were out of contract. Verizon, you know, their phones are great and their service was great, but I got to start cutting back. You know, times are tough. I don't have health insurance. You know, I have a phone bill that's almost 200 bucks a month. So Robin did exhaustive research. We looked at all the other companies. Sprint wanted us back. You know, everybody wants you back now, except Michael Jackson. No. And the fantastic Brian Martell, who is our uh, local tech guru geek, he was the one that told us about Ting. And he kept telling us about Ting. Nobody's heard about it. Well, I find... Have you heard about Ting? I haven't heard anything through, about through. it. Other than the show where we mentioned it. So Ting uses several different mobile tower services. They are a reseller, but they allow you to pay only what you need and it is so much less expensive. I mean, like we. And all you going... do is you replace the uh, the card here. Well, you, the SIM card. You can purchase special Ting phones right. that are set up. But in our case, we had we were out of contract. We'd had them more than two years on the Verizon. So our phones, which were the Samsung Galaxy Note Four and your Galaxy S Five, they were Verizon phones. They were unlocked at this point, so we were able to use our phones that we weren't paying for anymore because they were out of service, and we were able to switch them over by just putting in a Bam! new You slam uh, that baby card. in there. You set it. Well, you don't forget it because you have to do some adjustments with this. the stuff. So we're going from <laughs> approximately $180 a month to probably about 60 Max. How Jeez. amazing is that? That's great. Wow, 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 wow. Even wow, Oprah says, and you get a ting, and you get a ting. So... Uh, this show tonight is brought to you by Ting. If you would like to, uh, and by the way, you know how much the Ting card. You, so you only pay for the Ting card, right. so you're not buying. You have to if you if you could check to see whether your phone is compatible, compatible with right. it. So if you're, of, sir, if you're out of if you're out if you don't want if you you know if you're in a contract, 
you don't cancel your contract because then they jack you for all right. those fees and stuff. But if your contract's running out like ours did and you're looking around, and again, I'm not knocking Verizon. Their service is great. You know, there's a million cell phone companies out there. You know, there's all these small ones at, you know, $30 the, a we, month. Uh, we have been using Ting now for, what, uh, going on a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Service has been fantastic. Yeah, no drops and calls. No drops. It was, a, it was a little bit, because of the fact that we are not using Ting phones, there was a little bit of stuff that we had to do to enter. But their customer service is amazing. Like, one guy was on the phone with me for 45 minutes until I got Anybody's on the phone with Robin for 45 minutes. <laughs> so that's, uh, well, that's just because they want to talk to me. But um, um, these, these SIM cards are normally... What nine dollars? They're like nine bucks, and And then you pay for the service, and it keeps track. The key is not to go out and use data, you know, because then your prices, your charges will go up. But if you're just using it for phone, text, and you 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 are in and Wi-Fi, and Wi-Fi, like you're in your house and you're using your phone, use your Wi-Fi so you're not using data or you're not doing stuff that's going to rack up your bills. So we have several of these Ting cards that normally cost nine dollars. If you are, um, if you if you would like one, please contact us, and I would be happy to. Now, how do they you. contact us, Robin? Uh, just contact me via my email, Miss Robin Austin at gmail That's M I S S R O B I N A U S T I N, like Texas at gmail There you have it. And uh, because I you know we, we're looking, at, we're like everybody else. You know, you want to lower your bills, you have a chance to, why wouldn't you? You try something. And if it doesn't work, you get rid of it. You're not, you don't have to sign a contract. You're not locked in for two no, years. That's the other nice thing. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And then you just go back to whatever you sign, you know, a contract with somebody else. But I'm telling you. I was ready to go get a flip phone and go straight burner, go straight seriously. burner again. But seriously. Those, but, but unfortunately, those services, those flip phones, are like the, the other types, the prepaid, their service actually sucks. This service is great. This service uses the same towers as the Verizons and the T-Mobiles. I'm ready to go off the grid completely. I know. Me too. I'm going to do that. I'm going to be like Jason Bourne and disappear for 10 years and go fight guys in Beirut for money. Thomas Rogers in in Phoenix. Contact me, Thomas. I will hook you up. Every little ting. I'm going old school. You want to get a hold of me, you come knock for me. Damn right. (laughs) Knock on my door. That's it, man. I'm the one who knocks, by the way. Yeah, you are the one. Well, who that's knocks. from uh, Heisenberg. Now, uh, shall we go back to the... Um, yeah, check on the cam, man. See how we're doing. Let's see. Let's see. How's it doing? Okay, there we go. I can't see it on my computer. Yeah, I can't see it either. I can smell it, though. The smell is finished. We Bass should have... The next ambient. thing we have Actually, to put on the podcast... I think it's about ready, Tony, it? because it's looking, it's it's looking, a little, looking really dark on now, one Now, this roast that we bought yesterday at Acme, Lancaster brand meat, which is good stuff, it's got a little pop-up little nipple on it. So when the nipple gets firm... You know, like when you pinch it, it gets so, firm. So it's like, a, like a turkey timer comes. No, out? like a brand new pencil eraser on a brand new ah, number eight pencil okay. in school. Uh huh. Were they number twos? Remember when you got a brand new? Yeah, pencil? number two yes. pencil. That's what you had to use to take a test. You had to use standard number and two. And the erasers. And we always thought when you talk about a woman and you know arousing her, when you say, "I got her like a number two pencil eraser, man." I've Just heard that. I've never heard that before. What's the matter with you, man? I've never heard no, that. But if your nipples are. I've never, I've never equated a woman's nipple with, nipple with a number two. If your nipples are a little bit bigger, eraser on a number two pencil, bra. Now, see, I don't. I think that <laughs> Bo, most nipples you want to call are. It. <laughs> most nipples, though, are like a uh, what? When you're when you're sewing a thimble, I think most nipples are a little bit more like a thimble. Yeah. Than a number no, two. No, but eraser. they become erect. Don't they? Yeah, I know, but they're they're erect. they're they're bigger than a number two. Like a man's nipple when he becomes aroused is more like a number two racial. No, no, I got little nipples, man. Let yeah, me try to arouse by and see how big they get on the show tonight. 
I think we're going to talk about uh, touching ourselves later on with uh, Rico Bronia too, when he joins us in the show. But anyway, let's get down to the business. The NBA draft lottery. Did you watch last night, Luigi? Absolutely. You, you did? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go check on the beast. Check on the beep while we talk to the NBA draft lottery. I, uh, that's not coming from you? It's on your board there, isn't it? Because yeah, I have those things too. Like an extreme volume here for no Dude, reason. I'll play it from here. Bruh. Let me play this one here. You got me on? I got you. I don't hear it. The NBA, ladies and gentlemen. So they have a draft lottery partner, a bunch of guys who run radio stations who do podcasts that nobody listens to. They go uh, down to the Xfinity Live thing, and they stand around. And I know I have one thing good that happened at the draft lottery party last night here in Philadelphia. One man actually got laid. I can confirm now my sources at the Washington Post, the New York Times, CNN, and uh, ABC, NBC News, MSNBC, reporting that there is a guarantee that at least one man and one woman had sex after last night's NBA draft lottery party here in Philadelphia. Yes, and he is the strongest man on the planet because he had to fight off about 9,000 men with one woman. And you know who that man was? I have no A guy who proposed to his girlfriend at the NBA draft lottery. And 10 years from now, he will disavow ever having been there once he's married and has a kid or two. And then his test to explain to his kids, you did what, Dad? You got down on one knee around a couple of hundred strappers sitting around hoping that the Lakers don't move up to number two so that you can get the number three, hoping that well, the was, San Antonio, the stupid Sacramento Kings. I was standing around doing it. <laughs> and Vladdy Divats smoking two cartons of camels a couple of years ago when he got fleeced by Sam Hinkie for an absolutely ridiculous trade, which allowed the Sixers to move up from number five to number three in Thank the draft. Thank you, Hinkie. And Sam Hinkie, they raised a banner to Sam Hinkie. They should. They went out into the streets. Guys were touching themselves. Grown men. In rompers. In rompers. And it's all. And here's the best part of the draft lottery. What do you got? The Boston Celtics, a team that's playing the, the, the Cleveland, Cleveland Cavaliers in the NBA Eastern Conference Finals, will have the first pick in the NBA draft. While teams like the Dallas Mavericks, whose owner Mark Cuban admitted that his team went in the tank when it was apparent that they weren't going to make the playoffs, sure. they basically quit on their fans and ran out Andrew Wig or whoever else they have, MCW. Who do they have on that team? You're talking about Dallas Mavericks? Yeah, they have one of the six or former draft guys. You're talking about New Orleans Noel. New Orleans Noel, I'm sorry. But you start, you start seeing guys like Yogi Ferrell. Yogi Berra was play, out there, play, I think. Point guard and, uh, no, so New Orleans Noel, and they, so he said we played all our young guys and we basically tanked the season. Same thing Phoenix did. Yeah, but Phoenix, but Phoenix tanked and didn't get any benefit from I it. Understand. Well, they got the fourth pick in the draft. But still, they should, they, could have, they should have multiple picks. I agree. The Brooklyn Nets are the dumbest franchise That's your boy Billy in King. sports. Billy King will go down as one of the worst general managers in NBA history. He might be in multiple the, franchises. He might be the worst general manager in the I entire mean, he's got a NBA. Russian boss who's got to be ready to go back to Russia. I'd be surprised if he doesn't have a bazooka pointed at his head right now. This guy had the worst team in basketball, and it wasn't even close. Nope. And you know where they're going to pick in the draft this year? 27th. <laughs> the Boston Celtics, who are the best team in the Eastern Conference, are going to pick first. The worst team in the Eastern Conference is going to pick 27th. So explain to me 
how the NBA draft lottery, and if you're a conspiracy theorist, as many are when it comes to the hanky-panky shenanigans and the absolute skullduggery that goes on in the NBA. Skullduggery? That's, that's a, a word that's, that's a not one. used very often. That's a new one, bro. Tomfoolery, hijinks, skullduggery, basically criminal acts defrauding fans of their hard-paying money. Phoenix Suns did it. Brooklyn Nets did it. The Sixers have done it for a couple of years. Uh, we call that the process around the here. The Boston time. Celtics have done it. San Antonio Spurs, by the way. Do you know how many lottery picks the San Antonio Spurs have had since 1997? Zero. Three. What do they have? 97. Three picks oh, since, since that, Well, they have t- t- Tim Duncan's draft. David Robinson. David Robinson. Tim, Tim Duncan. Duncan. And you know who the other, the third lottery pick is that they've had since 1997? The third lottery pick? They've only had three lottery picks. Yet they've been the best franchise consistently since then. I don't know. Sean, uh, Sean Elliott. Not Sean a superstar. Elliott was a lottery pick? Yes, Sean Elliott was a lottery pick. Not a not a Tim Dunn, not the first overall pick. No, I know who Sean Elliott is. I just, but a I didn't really think a good pick. NBA All-Star. Solid. So, so three lottery picks, they parlay two of them into Hall of Famers and one into a really damn good NBA All-Star. I'll give you another example. How about, uh, you know who's had the, the most lottery picks over the last 33 years of the lottery in the NBA? The Golden State Warriors. What? They've had 22 lottery picks in 33 years. Well, I remember their last. That's the their, most. Their last number one overall pick was Joe Smith. I think yes, that was but, their last number one over. Oh, was it Bogut? Was Bogut number one overall? Yes, but I don't think he was. He wasn't the Warriors pick. I think he was Utah, wasn't he? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Bogut wasn't drafted by them. Bogut went there later. Um, no, I think Joe Smith was the last number one. Overall. I don't have that information. I'm just giving you a breakdown. So they've had the most picks, 22 in 33 years, which means they've been bad a lot. Right now, obviously, most recently, they've been able to parlay. Yeah. Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. Exactly. Into, into a really, really damn good best They're team in the Western the Conference. The L.A. Clippers and the Sacramento Kings, conversely, have had 21 picks, lottery picks, and they have a combined, they don't have the combined number of successful picks that the, San Antonio, that the Golden State Warriors have had. It's incredible, man. Well, the Clippers suck, too, man. They're, they're but terrible. the Clippers have had some success. Blake Griffin was a lottery pick, yeah. right? Yeah. They got lottery picks, but they also have guys that they picked up in trades. And now they're an absolute disarray, are they not? Yeah, they need to dismantle that thing. Now you got the worst. You know who the worst team is with lottery picks as far as cashing them into, uh, cashing them outside, bro? Cash them outside, turn them into actual, like, the Utah Jazz. What? The Utah Jazz have had nine lottery picks over the years. The only two guys who managed to be NBA star players Darren Williams, who they had later traded to New Jersey, right? Yeah. And Gordon Hayward, who's still with them right now, who's well, a Derek, good player. Derek Favors looks like he's going like to be a flop. He well, that's like my he, point is yeah, he looks they've, like they've had nine lottery picks. Two of them have turned out to be damn good NBA players. Darren Williams, damn good NBA player. Gordon Hayward. Well, he, at, at one point, it was Darren. Like, who do you want? Darren Williams, Chris Paul. Darren Williams. Exactly. Like, he, was, he was on. Well, so I'm giving them credit for two sure. absolute hits. Yeah, Gordon Hayward's, Hayward, Hayward's and, a hit. Hayward's a hit. The other guys, players, but not franchise turners. No. Because when you have a lottery pick, you're looking for, it doesn't have to be the guy, but you want a guy who's going to come in and be something um, at least a major contributor. When, you, when you're picking in the lottery, when you get in the top four, top five players, especially like one, two, three, when you say that, that they have to be like the actual franchise franchise guy, maybe not, but they need to be a, a, a serious focal point and centerpiece of your, of your team, absolutely. But here's the other interesting thing. You can't pick guys that are like in, in, at one or two and be rotational players. That's an absolute swing and a miss. 
But the thing about the Spurs, I mean, the Mark Cuban thing, listen, I give him credit for admitting it, but that's still pretty disgraceful. When you're a successful entrepreneur like Mark Cuban and you're on Shark Tank <laughs> and you're saying, yeah, hey, we're doing what everybody else does. The NBA needs to stop this. The NBA as a business well, what model, can you do, though, they have Tony? to stop teams from, then you have to admit, you know what? If you do it at the beginning of the year like the Sixers were doing, everybody bought into it because they pretty much announced during Sam Hinkie that they were going to purposely suck. They proved it. The Mavericks still had some legitimate NBA talent on their roster. They really did. But what, I, what I'm saying is, though, is that if you're going to say what the Sixers did at the beginning of the year and say, okay, we're tanking. Like just go out and say it. We're tanking. Then what's the point of even playing the game? You have to play the game because you're asking people to pay money to go watch your product. They don't let them pay. Those Here's what they should free. do. And one guy had a proposal today that I agree with. What do you got? The NBA's got to do something. For example, by March 1st, if it's apparent that your team is not trying, done. You, that's when you lock in the, the draft picks. You lock in the draft picks then. Then teams don't have any more reason to go out and then screw over fans for the last two months of the regular season by throwing out D-League players and guys who shouldn't be, should be paying you to come well, watch them play. What do you mean you lock in the draft picks then? How can you pick the draft lottery midway through the season? You, don't, you get rid of the draft lottery. You get rid of the draft lottery. So what do you do? You're talking about taking the records at that point yes. at March 1st? You and take saying, the okay. teams with the worst records and then you slot them right then and there. So this nonsense, this bullshit, these parties, this crappy guys masturbating at, at some bar about a GM screwing people out of money and being proclaimed a genius because he came up with the brilliant idea of throwing out guys who shouldn't be allowed to watch an NBA game but collect money for playing an NBA game, and that's the, that's the, that's the secret of success in modern-day America. We're going to go out and not compete and throw garbage at you, and you're going to love it and watch it, and people are doing it. I still think a draft lottery is stupid. I it think is the, stupid. the worst teams just get the first pick. It is pick, stupid, and, and the it. reason they came up with a lottery is because they didn't want the best teams you know, always getting the best players. They wanted the worst teams to have a better chance of improving themselves. Yeah, That's but, the whole purpose of the lottery. Yeah, but the best teams are going to be picking towards the back end of the lottery, a la the NFL draft. But then the Every- Boston Celtics, because of morons like Billy King – Wind up getting the best. You know the best record in the Eastern Conference. That team's get the, Tony, the number one pick. They're going to be horrendous again next year, and Boston still gets another lottery pick from them next year. Exactly they, for Kevin it. Garnett and freaking Paul Pierce when they had a year left combined between the both of them. He got four first round picks out of them. That's what. That, so you, that? so what, what I'm saying is the commissioner has to step in and save the league from itself. You have to save the owners. Like Prokhorov up there in 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 uh, Brooklyn, you got to save him from his own idiotic managers and people running yes. his franchise. He's got people running his franchise who have no clue what they're doing, and the NBA allows it to happen. It's a joke. Could you imagine any other business in the world where you have hire CEOs whose purpose it is to go out there and put out inferior product and then have people standing in line to go buy the inferior product? Can you imagine that? That's incredible. That would be like the guy, with the, the man who came up with the Yugos, telling everybody it was the shittiest car on earth, and then have people stand in line to go buy it because it was the shittiest car on earth. That's what 76er fans have done. That's what Net fans have done. That's what Celtic fans did. The Celtics are the number one team in the East. Yes. Best record, and they're going to have the first pick in the end. And the Lakers, who have been dismal for yes. the last five years, who tried to screw it up, not wind up with the second pick in the draft where they're going to get a local kid. So tell me this is, it doesn't look like a conspiracy theory. 
Not the Boston thing. That's just sheer idiocy. The Lakers thing? The Lakers getting the number two pick. I really think... You don't think the uh, okay. NBA wants believe, the Lakers listen, to be good again? I want to believe I want to believe that it's on the up and up. But in my heart of hearts, I'm sitting here going, there's no way that they were going to allow the Lakers to not be in the lottery. And because, remember, the Sixers... That's why, that's why I, th- I think some of it has to be... They, they can tell me until they're blue in the face that it's being watched like this, and this is happening... Like, Dude, I don't care. I still believe in the frozen. That's why I, I do. I believe. I, I do believe too. it happened. And listen, I'm not saying this as a disgruntled uh, Sixer fan who's mad that they didn't get the number one and four picks, which was a scenario no, that was p- very likely. You're pissed because they took basketball away from you. That's why, because the league has been crap because of this. this the Lakers had a 53 percent chance of being out of the top four picks, which is a damn good chance. That's better than half, man. And guess what? They got the second pick, I know, right? which then denies the Sixers the first and fourth pick possibilities, which a lot of Sixer fans during the year, oh, they're going to get the Lakers. Well, the Lakers going to be out of the lottery. Lo- the Sixers are going to have the first and fourth well, pick. You're hoping. Oh, my, let's have a party. You're hoping. You're hoping. No, there were jerk-offs that called sports radio stations every day, masturbating to the thought of the Lakers sucking, which they did. Yeah, they sucked. And still wind up getting screwed. Now, the Sixers aren't screwed because they get the fourth, they get the third pick in the draft. They should get another good piece to build this thing. I understand that. But when you sit around an entire season and the only thing you root for is your team losing, hoping that you can suck better than the other teams suck, and then hope that you can get lucky in a stupid lottery ball thing that is so convoluted they can't even show it on television. They can't even show it on television because it's not based on like the lottery that you see the drawing every night. The pick three, the balls roll out, you get the three numbers. That's what I mean. I think the Powerball, you see the numbers roll out. You know why they don't show? Because people, every year they ask the same thing. Why don't they show the ping pong balls? Because they're not team names. What they should do is just throw every damn team with one ball in there. And then make it a real lottery. Make it a real damn lottery. doesn't matter lottery. where you finish. Exactly. I like that. Do it that way. I like that. And then see these back. Then you won't have any team trying to tank. Then you'll have teams actually trying to compete. So if you're not lucky... And the best team in the NBA gets the number one pick overall. Too bad. Get better. The, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers got it a couple years ago, and they picked well, a stiff. That's because that was LeBron Gate right there. I know they took Andrew Andrew Bennett. What what what, what do you? They think? took a, a guy who's a certified. They took stiff. Anthony Bennett. Anthony. Who, you know Bennett. who Anthony, you know who Anthony Bennett plays for? What the Fort? The Brooklyn the, Nets. That's who he plays for now. That's my point. Just because the best team gets the number one overall pick doesn't mean they're going to get LeBron every year. They got a stiff, and they're still the best team in the Eastern Conference. That's why my point is, you want to make NBA teams play and give the, the fans their money's worth when they go out and put out money and go parking and go driving down and pay $30 to park on a damn cold January night to watch garbage? Then get rid of the lottery, have a, have a lottery, but have ping pong balls where everybody gets one goddamn ball. Tony, you, you ever, like, my, my NFL fantasy draft lottery, there's like 30 eyes watching these balls. You physically like there. It's it's under more, under more of a microscope than the NBA lottery is, which cracks me up, man. Just put it all out there for people to see. Exactly. I don't right. know why I got to hide behind. A, you know, then they have all these strappers and suits standing there, you know, at a panel, like the match game. Except there's nothing exciting that happens. Now I want to just quickly interject here. Do we have any phone calls before it gets too late? No. And well, there's no phone calls coming in? Nope. Come on, people. Our phone number, 717-363-TONY. That's 717-363-8669. Yeah, this isn't, a, this isn't an NPR. Uh, we don't have to sp- spend $18 to call in. No. no. Please Although call if you'd in. like to send us cash, I mean, we'll accept cash. Always. Although I, got, I need to get one of those little square things from my phone so I can swipe it. 
Although we should do a straight cash podcast. Straight cash, yeah. homie, as Randy Moss once said. No, it's even easier. PayPal. Just PayPal? send it to us through for PayPal. If you would like to support the show, send it to us because through it's, PayPal. Because it's, it's like are going to buy themselves. Right? We're not getting a dime from the government like NPR. So if you really want to support a radio program that is completely And funded. we actually had that happen. When we first started, we had a fantastic... Uh, Listener who who actually provided the bread, uh, Brian the, Gutherman, uh, Brian Gutherman, a who, man who's a nuclear physicist. Yes. to show you the smartness of this show, <laughs> a man who works with nuclear reactors was the first man to step yep. forward and say, "Incredible!" And he helped us. This is the kind of rocket of science equipment. radio that we love. Because he loved us so much, he wanted to make sure that we actually had the equipment to make it happen. Wait a minute, Steve, our buddy in Colorado is upset. Unfortunately, Forza Colorado ain't there tonight. Not good. Hey, we can't take force with Joe him. to come here. He's got a life too. He we can't chose. Force him. He chose between coming here or staying at the shore. You can take that up with him. And not only oh, that, yeah, work. he's missing. He's missing out on the roast beast. Is that thing still turning? Yep. It has about. Did the little nipple minutes. pop up yet? It did. It's, it's done. It's popped. The nipple is popped. Dude, is it? Does it look like a number two pencil eraser, brand new, out of the box? Uh, no. It looks like a little turkey baster nipple. By the way, Barbecue Beef Balboa has done it again, ladies What's and gentlemen, oh, on Twitter. Did you see it? Yeah, I'm looking at he it He has the very first Luigi, Tony, and uh, Grace, the great Joe Corrado <gasps> in full rompoms oh, in front of the famous brick God. wall. I'm just now seeing this. Oh, in front of the brick wall Lord, picture. We've got to retweet that. Is that is so fantastic. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at Tony Bruno Show, at Miss Robin Austin, at Luigi Curto 22, C-U-R-T-O 22, and, of course, at Forza Corrado, F O R Z I. Can we have like? I'm going to ask you, Barbecue Beef Bellboya, add me in there with the female romper. So the romper with four rompums. Those those are good odds for me. This picture is horrible. Oh, it's a great picture. I think it's awesome. I look good in the rompum. You do look good in the rompum. And you got the pot. <laughs> and Luigi's got his hands completely buried playing pocket ball in his I rompum. Know. You know how guys play pocket yeah. ball when I'm they don't a, have I'm any actually underwear? looking for my balls, and that thing is what I'm doing more than Luigi, anything. that's a good look, and it's a good picture of you. It's perfectly placed because you're on the right-hand side of the picture. It's the powder blue, too. It's And nice. you got the uh, head cocked the a little powder, bit to the left. That is the, the uh, 007 look. And I got the striped. I got the striped ones in the middle, which I like the gray white, the gray white stripes. And then Joe's got his hands on his hips because when he dips, you dip, we dip, we dip. And he's got the uh, the uh, what would you call it? Navy blue. It's not no, quite that's, a navy. That's, that's a navy not blue. a navy. That's it's not more dark like enough a, to be. No, it's not dark enough to be a navy. That's it could more be in like the navy a. Um, well, of course, who could, you can see the seven seas. <laughs> what would you call that? Like a dusty blue? A dusty blue. It's not a, it, because it's not a royal blue. I don't know. I just like, you know, my favorite color, cobalt blue is my favorite cobalt color. Cobalt blue? You're a cobalt blue guy? I'm a navy guy, man. <laughs> okay, Poppy. I am too, baby. I am. <laughs> so, what up? Just so that you know, uh, I was able to find the, not only did I find the new Gladys iPoppy. Yes. Which. Should we play that right now? Play, play that right now. Let's go to the tape. Which I actually don't think is as good as the original. Which no, she was in studio. Find. This is on the phone. Right. Yeah, well, make sure the kids She phoned it in as opposed to doing it in the but flesh. She, but she forgot the CC at the end. So I know. go ahead. Play the, play the new one. Well, I got to find the old one. It's, it's in my uh, old 360 machine. I know. Machine. We need to find that. <laughs> that had a little bit more 
Passion. Passion in it. Okay, Poppy. Exactly. What up? I did, however, <laughs> add the the okay, Poppy, which I think is quite appropriate for so many different things. No, that's one of my new favorite drops. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it, too. What else, we, what else are we doing tonight, man? We, we got, got football. We got, How about the uh, LeGarrette Blount signing by the Philadelphia Eagles? You like that? I love it. I do, too. Which I did. What I didn't know. It's a one-year deal, one point two five guaranteed. Uh, you know, if he if he scores eighteen touchdowns, he'll make two point eight million, and the Eagles will be in the Super Bowl. There you go. Not necessarily, but obviously, with the Patriots had it on two terms with the Patriots. Obviously, a guy that remember at Oregon, he punched a dude out, and people got mad at him. And then he went to the NFL and, and had a pretty good career. He's still having a pretty good career. Yeah, too. he's, he's, he's his, only thirty. It's not he's like he's shot. No, but they needed a big back, and that's what they went out and got. 18 rushing touchdowns last year in New England. You know the last guy to have 18 rushing touchdowns in the National Football League? 18 total? In one season. The last guy, yes. No. Adrian Peterson in 2009. Adrian Peterson in 2009 was the last NFL running back to have 18 rushing touchdowns in one season. 1,161 yards, 299 carries. Now, a lot of his touchdowns were the give me two yards and punch it into the end zone type. That's what you need, though. Exactly. That's what we've needed here for a long time. Exactly. So all these people, well, you know, in New England is a different story. And, you know, you hand the ball. Tom Brady hands it off to LeGarrette Blount. He runs. Carson Wentz, with all due respect to the Patriots and their greatness, Carson Wentz hands it off to LeGarrette Blount when he needs two yards, one yard. Chances are this guy is a, is a bull enough that he's going to get it for you. Right. He's not going to kick it outside and try to take it real wide and then lose five yards. Right. This guy's a, a beast. No, he's a straight-up downhill runner. It's what they need. Exactly. They have, all, they have scat backs. They have smaller guys. That's what they need. Everybody was upset about the draft. Oh, you better draft a running back in the first round. This is why you don't draft a running back in the first round. Uh, this is why you nah, don't draft nope, a running back. Nope. Just because the last two years they've had a couple of stud guys, there have been more stiff first-round running backs than studs. It's a swing, Tony, but there's a swing now. I think there's a swing. There's, there's no swing, swing nothing. Why? Because two years? How about, how about Todd Gurley? Was he a swing? Todd how about Gurley's the, a decent No, how about the guy back. that just got unloaded by the, New England, by the Green Bay Packers? Eddie Lacy was several years ago, but, Tony. But he was still a top pick. He was a first-round pick because he played it out. How about Trent Richardson? Tony. Another high first-round draft pick. How did and how many quarterbacks out? suck? There's a difference. I would take anybody. Uh, I wouldn't take a quarterback in the first round if you freaking paid me to. Not even Carson Wentz nope. with the second pick? Nope, not at all. Yeah, you have to Because there. you swing and miss more on a quarterback than anything else in the world, Tony. Running back. How many great quarterbacks draft you never hear from again? Great quarterbacks are a rarity. Great running backs oh, no, are a Robert dime a dozen. Great so, running backs are a dime. Quarterbacks are not a dime a dozen. Tony, people take quarterbacks because they can't freaking resist. Because they all think he's going to be the yeah, next franchise the quarterback's guy. the most important guy you need on your team. Right. A running back is not the most important guy you need in team. Yeah. They are but who a helps a quarterback a more than anything else on the field? A running back, Tony. No, a good a tight end. Back. A good tight end who can get open over the middle of the field. Yeah. Like Jay Novacek and Jason Witten have for the last 20 years. Well, guess years. what? We don't have that here. We have Zach Ertz. That's what we have here. The team needed a running back. Carson Wentz's best friend should have been a brand new shiny running back, and his name should have been Dalvin Frickin' Cook. No way. Yeah. You're on yes drugs. Yes way. You're on drugs. Okay. Go ahead. Dalvin Cook. Derek Barnett. We'll be singing Derek Barnett's name on his way out of here soon. Bull. He'll be getting to the quarterback helping that defense. You better. You need to learn about football. I do you know. Come about to football. the table. I know about needs. Well, I'm talking about football needs. Okay. Not, <laughs> regular, <laughs> not those needs. Sorry. What I need is that roast beef. I'm sweating here. I'm getting the meat sweats. I'm getting the hot meat sweats too. You it's, can make gravy. Great. You can make gravy off my schwitz right now. It is pretty. You put uh, that in a. 
you put that in a pan. Ew, you get the drippings. Just, no, don't ruin it. Put a don't ruin flour. it. Are we gonna make? Shush. Are we gonna make gravy out of the drippings, Robin? Are you? I wasn't. Can't be dry on. roast beef, can it? I don't think that thing's gonna be dry at all, bro. It'll be I nice and wet. Oh yeah. I think it's wet. I gotta read the email we got. Go for it. I gotta find it here now. Oh great. <laughs> Eventually, we're gonna read this email. No, I, we got it through before the show. Can you go to it, Robin? By I'm the way, did yours. you know that we have? It is Preakness this this coming. I know it's the Preakness, Robin. And we're going to miss the Preakness party at the Piazza. I've never been to the Preakness party. At We've the been Piazza. invited again, but I don't we have go a to wedding. That. I'm not going to go dress up like a strapper to go to some stinking hipster joint. No, we're going to dress up like strappers to go to a wedding. Yeah, exactly. Who's getting married again? My niece Nicole. Congratulations. Nicole Khaleesi getting married to the great Joe. To Joe. Uh, Detore. Detore. Mazel tov, man. No, and they're Italian. You know I know, too. Okay. Can, can I just say something? Like, most of the time, when you know people that have That's met classic. each other in high school and they started dating, and then you hear they're getting married, you're like, oh, God. What? How stupid can they be? Because normally, that's not a good thing. Like, you really Why? shouldn't get married that young. Because. Oh, I just heard the beep. Did oh, you hear the thing? The ding. I heard the ding. Ladies and gentlemen. As we like to say. Oh, and the light went off. It stopped spinning. It is done. As we like to say on this show, it is a final now. So we're just going to let it Ladies sit there for Ladies and gentlemen, we got to let it. You, gotta, yeah, you know okay. what you got to do with any roast. You know your meats, Luigi. Yeah, you got to let it rest, bro. Yeah, you got to let it rest. So anyway, normally when, because the younger you get married, the higher the divorce rate. There's nothing, there's, the, the, the statistics are out. And normally... When you see two young people, no matter how much they look like they're in love, whatever, you're like, oh, this is just such a bad idea. However, I don't think I have ever seen somebody that is, a couple that is more compatible, that is more... Exactly. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's just like they are so great The fact together. that anybody can last more than 10 years in this day and age is remarkable. And they've you know already been together like 10 years and they're 24, 25, something like that. Ready to have their first house. By the way, I, have a, I don't know who this new uh, Twitter follower is. Not Megan. Marianne Lepur. Oh, she's following us on Twitter. Oh, yes. She's a connoisseur of F-words. Oh, all right. F1. Oh, no, she's a connoisseur <laughs> of words. F1, football, baseball, soccer. Refusing to give in to the emotional rust. Enjoy every sandwich. I, don't, I totally don't know what that means, but I like it. She's out there in East L.A. And now, a new follower of the show. We have... Old, old uh, acquaintances, old people that we know. Old people, <laughs> but the first time checking in on um, on Facebook, um, Jill December. No, yeah, she, the great. Yeah, we just had the uh, burgers with him over there, Punk right. Burger, well, a couple weeks ago. Well, she wasn't here. Oh, Jill was. Uh, Jill's checking in. Yeah, not, Jill's not her husband. In. No, not she's, Jim. No, Jim. Jim. I don't know if he's working or not, but Jill says she's checking in. She says she loves the show. We love Jill too. We had a great uh, cruise with her a few years, a couple of years, two years ago, two summers ago. We went uh, cruising in the uh, on the beautiful forty-five foot lagoon, <sighs> lagoon so in the British Virgin there. Islands with the soft Corinthian leather. <laughs> no, no, that was a different. That was, that was uh, a different cruise. That was the what was the, think, uh, the what is the, 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 what is the guy's name that's the, the owner of the Saki Dollar Bar? Isn't it Phil or something like that? He's from Philly. Yes, if we got to get Luigi out to the Saki Dollar Bar. Please, if you are listening, please, please, can we, damn it, can we do a remote? Well, you know, we'll bring all of I our I told equipment. you, that's my goal in life. As I grow out the beard again, I, I resisted and I traded. I resisted, like a lot of people you know are doing. Where like I swear to you, I will move to that island, and I will sell boogie boards and jets. Now, I'm going to have to shave again right. because my sister Gina is screaming that I have to clean up for the wedding. Yeah, she's actually even asking. So two times now, I've tried to let my beard grow out. 
try to let the hair grow so that I can get the full great no. ponytail no. look. No. So that I can become the in, the absolute perfect beach bum bartender. <laughs> Tony, wearing a onesie, I'll wearing my rompum. When we move Pouring. to the BVI, you get to do the do. ponytail, but you can't do it beforehand. Now, not only is she asking to Tony who to shave. A, who makes a better painkiller? Nobody. The only person who makes a better painkiller than me is the bartender at the soggy now, dollar bar. Luigi, have you had painkillers yet? Yeah, we've made them. Okay. okay. We used to well, make a right. live show. At comedy like sports, dirt. we used to bring a whole... Okay. 55 gallon drum there's of them. Th there's a thing of memories. I know. I guess I have them. You I don't. have. I did. I didn't remember. That's fine. But um, <laughs> not only Jesus is she man. asking you to shave, she's asking you to dye your beard as well. You know, I don't do that stuff for nobody. <laughs> she's oh, I did asking, it for TV purposes. Yeah, she's asking. I'll, I'll, I'll call her. I'm going to make my pledge to you right now. Here we and go. You can mark the tape. This is going to be recorded, unlike White House phone conversations or Jim Comey notes. This is something you can go back and check for accuracy. There's no unnamed sources, no uh, nonsense, no uh, switching stuff in the back room like they do in jewelry stores sometimes. You know, they ask for these jewelers, and no uh, switching in the back room. Like, yep. you pick out your diamond, and then they go in the back and, and give you a lesser you quality, right? Exactly. That doesn't the, happen on this show. We, we may give you lesser quality sometimes, but there's no switching in the back room. So let me make my, my pledge to you. What's the date today? March 17th, Tony. March 17th, 2017. 7.58 p.m. 7.58 p.m. in the East. Once this wedding is completed on Saturday, over at the beautiful Cescafe. That's the reception. The reception. The, 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 St. Nick's is the, the I will be church. doing a reading, too. I will be stepping up into the, what is that called in church, the thing you step up into? The lectern. No, no, not the lectern. The pulpit? The, the pulpit. The, the, the bully pen. pulpit. No, pulpit. can you call it a pulpit if you're not actually preaching? I thought preaching? it was a lectern. Lectern. Lectern, or whatever it is. Lectern is just the... Vestibule? The, no, vestibule is where the, where the priest gets Step up to the chipped. mic, yo. When I drop the mic after go. I do the reading, <laughs> I'll be doing a reading at the Mass for the Nicole and Joe. Can I ask, can I ask, a, question? Can yes. I ask a question? Will you, will you do this for me? What? Can you please step up there and just go, let's get down to the business. Let's get down <laughs> to the <laughs> business, yo. Can you please yo. do that for me? A reading from Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott. 1.3. Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> reading Ezekiel. from the book of Ezekiel Elliott. Are they videotaping? <laughs> I thought you were. Sure I, I, you look, I think you're going Corinthians. That's what I think you're going. I'm going to go Corinthian Latin. Yeah, you're yeah. going to go Corinthian. Old Testament. Uh, I'm going to go Old Testament. I go Old Testament or drop some New Testament knowledge? Tony, I swear, I will, I will literally give you $100 <laughs> cash if you go, let's get down to the business. <laughs> oh. Father Nick, the pastor, will yeah. Grab me by the ear and yeah. pull me out of the church. Oh, I would, and I swear your God sister. I don't. I actually. I don't think <laughs> it Nicole would make for the greatest. The, it would I be know. the greatest speech. It would ever be. Given. You know, it would be a viral video, and then we have make a lot of money. Yeah. We have our own YouTube channel. We already do. Let's get down to the well, business. Well, and the kids. They. They don't. They actually have not planned their honeymoon yet. They are what going. Up? They're. They're going completely different. They have. They're broke now. They have like 15 engagement parties. Oh, that's why. Uh, what was the thing they did last week? We went to the John. No, the no, serenade. The, the serenade. They had it. Now they're going. We're doing a rehearsal dinner tomorrow night. So They've had more pre-wedding parties. Maybe this would be a good the thing. Oscars. If they actually had a viral video, then they could pay for their honeymoon. That's true. Should I go rogue when I give the reading at the uh, go rogue? Wedding? Yeah, go mean? rogue, which means go off script. Yeah, that's why I said you got to go. Like, let's get down to the business. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> you know, start like evening, bitches. You know, something like that. Like, it would work. What up, yo? Yeah, what up? What up? What up? What up, parishioners? <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
What up, bride and groom? Oh, man. What up? Uh, <laughs> what up, happily ever after? <laughs> oh, Dennis Taylor says that you're going to be reading from Revelations. Revelations? I think he's going crazy. I found my revelation. It was called 30 Years of Marriage. Yeah, it's your revelation. You're damn right. <laughs> okay, Poppy. You're damn right. Tony, you know what? What? Let's go to break, man. We got to let the meat rest. I can't believe nobody called in, and now we're not going to be able to take calls for yeah, we another can. like thirty. We, yes, we will. Well, yeah, we're gonna but, we're gonna play the Rico Bronia interview out of the break, right. and then the, you know the phone lines will light up, and we'll go heavy calls. Remember, on it's not just about people listening at this moment, this I one know. shining moment. But I just know that there was a bunch of people saying that they wanted to call in. Do not wait. Like once the Rico Bronia is over, give us a freaking call. Otherwise, it's going to be too late for you tonight. And we'll it's send- not just about calls, Robin. This isn't sports talk radio. No, but I'm right. saying that they complain. Heavy phones. They- heavy phones. Yeah. I'm saying that they complain that they weren't able to get in. Well, it's your own damn fault if you don't call. Are you scolding the audience out yes, there? Yes, I am. Ridiculous. So we're going to break. Don't go there with me. Don't go there with me. Don't go there with me. If you want to keep it real, you keep it real with me. Because I ain't for no games. Me neither. So- when we come back, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to go get the meat. Slice that baby. Slap it up, flip it, and rub it down. We got some potatoes. What else we have with this? A little of mac and cheese? No, Robin? I think Robin did like a chop salad. I made a little, um, I made a wedge salad. Where's with the damn mac and cheese I bought last night? <laughs> well, I didn't have time to do that, but I made a wedge salad. Time to do it. You put it in the microwave. It's pre-cooked. I have, a, there's more than enough food, Tony. We have potatoes, we fingerling potatoes. potatoes. Yeah, you can't go too many carbs. Huh? Fingerling. We've got the fingerling roasted potatoes that are perfection. What else? And then I have a wedge salad with some bacon and some blue cheese dressing. Oh, you bought a, you bought a head of uh, Rome, uh, regular uh, iceberg lettuce? Correct. And you I got, got some blue cheese. You got some little bacon with, bits on there? Exactly. What exactly. else you got on there? Um, bacon bits, a, a couple slices of tomato, like like little chopped up ones. You mean like the little... Uh, the heirlooms. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the, the little cherry tomatoes. The cherry tomatoes. Cherry tomatoes. And um, some what pepper. Else? Fresh ground pepper. Any, any fresh like sourdough bread or some good... Uh, and jack- we have some sourdough bread. Fresh sourdough bread. Beautiful. And if you come by the house, we'll slice you off a piece of because roast beef. Because since Joe's not here, now we have extra food. So go pee, go get a drink, and I'm sure your food won't be as good as ours, but um, hey, whatever. Exactly. We'll be right back. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. And now, on with the show. We continue here, the Tony Bruno Mess, the podcast, coast-to-coast, barrel-to-barrel, border-to-border, all the way up from Watertown, Connecticut, all the way out to Anaheim, California, and places in between, like Salem, Virginia. I don't even know where Salem, Virginia is, and I know a lot of places in Virginia, but this man is in Salem, Virginia. He's scouting the single-A team for the Boston Red Sox because he's scouting for the Anaheim, Los Angeles, Disneyland-adjacent Angels. And he's a former major league great. They loved him here in Philly. They loved him with the Mets until they realized that the guy had a condition with his spine. So he became ours for a couple of years and actually hit 24 home runs as a Philadelphia Philly. 
his best year as far as swinging the bat when it was here in Philly. And, of course, you knew him with the Mets. You knew him as a quarterback. I mean, he played all sports, and you know him, you love him. He is the great. <laughs> Let me play this, Rico, because i got to do it. I know, I'm, I'm sure you've heard yeah. this before. Okay. we got to play this for you now. Oh, <laughs> Rico. Rico. Have you heard that one before, Rico, or what? Oh, man, that was a blast from the past. Yeah, I remember, uh, you know, hitting about hitting about three home runs one season in New York, and they played that my rookie year in 1994 as I was hitting second base, and I went, oh, man, I think they just they just came up with my song. I got to I got to hit more doubles than homers, so I don't have to listen to that. <laughs> that's my excuse for hitting not not hitting a lot of home runs. No, that's that's a lot. I mean, I can't believe how long ago it was. Ninety four, I think. Yeah, because you obviously you know came up in the big leagues with the Tigers in nineteen ninety two, and 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 the other thing about you know yep. uh, with the Detroit and then the Mets, and then you come to Philly and you have probably your most productive couple of years. I mentioned the twenty four home runs. You also were the first guy to ever hit a home run at Coors Field. In Colorado, right? You hit the first yeah. home run there. Yeah, absolutely. The air was thin enough for me to get it up over the center field wall. And, you know, that was before any kind of humidor was helping out the pitchers. So I took it full advantage of the thin air in the Rocky Mountain High and hit a, hit a good line drive off Billy Swift, 3-2 sinker, my first at bat in the first game I ever played at Quartz Field. Uh, they, you know, shoveled the snow off the field. We played in negative 40-whatever degrees that night. And the ball carried, and I and I hit it out. But that's pretty cool. That's one of those things that can only happen once. And uh, so I'm really flattered and humbled and all that, you know, to, to have that. But um, Philly was my time, man. It was uh, four years under Tito Francona with Scott Rowland, my boys, uh, Blue Collarville, Rocky Balboa land. I just couldn't have been more. You know, it's a, it's a home away from home still for me and my wife, Melissa. Well, you know, the fans here love you, Rico. I mean, you know, you're a, you're a Philly kind of player. You know how it goes in this town. You know, you could be a superstar, but if you oh, don't yeah. perform, they're going to boo you. Like Mike Schmidt and those guys who were Hall of Fame greats got booed when people thought that they were so... Remember, Mike Schmidt, people thought he was so cool because he could do everything so easily. So it went, and to them, it was, right. he's too cool, man. I want to see some fire. And even though he was making, like, unbelievable plays at third base, he wasn't getting dirty enough. But guys like you and Richie Hebner, you know, Guys just came out and played hard yep. all the time. That's, that's why you'll always be remembered in this town. And, and the fact that you were one of the best first basemen we ever saw in this city. No, thank you. Yeah, it was the perfect place for me uh, in many ways. Uh, I really grew up understanding the Northeast kind of, you know, Philly, Boston, uh, you know, rough, blue collar, get your nose dirty, you know, get your uniform bloody, run hard, never quit. That, that, that was something I grew up with, you know, and being, you know, being from New England as a kid my whole life. Uh, so the Northeast, I was familiar with, you know, the best part about Philly, I think, is I was just middle road enough, blue collar enough to be, to have this great relationship with the fans, the city, the folks, everyone in Philly. I think it's harder on superstars for the reasons you said, Tony, that some things come easy for superstars and they're always perceived in that, in that area, uh, right or wrong, you know, that, that they, they could do better, they could work harder, they could, you know. But for me to maximize my talent, I needed to rip my uniform every night, sprint, hustle, do all the little things just to get the 24 home runs. And, but, you know, for me it was just about trying to win a game. You know, we play tonight, let's try to win tonight. What can I do to help us win tonight? Uh, not think about tomorrow. And that, that's why we, uh, you know, I hit it. 
hit it off with the Philly fans. Great, great place. Love it. Enrico, this is Luigi uh, talking now, and I think the, the fact of the matter is the, why you, you hit it off so good is because this is a working-class town, and you're a working-class player. You know, it's, it's one of those, you know, bring your lunch pail to work kind of guys. That's, yeah. that's what you were. Yeah, yeah, bingo, exactly. I think, you know, Jim Eisenreich, myself, we had these, you know, whether I have my back and spine condition or Izzy had his, you know, nervous twitches, and, you know, whatever the ailments were, we played every day. I think the most, you know, for four years in Philly, I think three of those years I might have led the team in games played per season, and I had no business doing that. 155, something like that, games a year. Um, beat up, cortisone shots, you know, eye black, everything about just getting, getting, getting it done and, you know, not taking a minute for granted. I didn't take a minute for granted. I think that's exactly what you're saying, Luigi. Um, not, not that I don't want to say other guys did. It's just that I didn't. And everyone knew that, you know. Um, but I was booed. When I was hitting 167 in April, my first year there, I'd go back to the dugout taking another right turn after first base and making another out. And I heard words that, you know, it, it was a new dictionary. <laughs> for me and uh that but, but that made me that made me tougher you know i didn't back down that made me tougher wanted i wanted to please them talking with the great rico bronia and as oh. i mentioned scouting for the anaheim los angeles disneyland adjacent angels that have been calling them for a long long time which is the greatest description ever i know i called them the california then they became the los angeles angels so i would always say on my national show the california los angeles disneyland adjacent angels and uh, people loved it out there now speaking <laughs> of the angels uh, can you uh i know you're scouting for them can you work out some sort of a deal where you can yep. get uh, a local guy mike trout from millville new jersey uh Back to Philadelphia somehow, yeah. so, so he can play for the Phillies. I'll take CJ Cron right now. <laughs> take anything out of this team. Well, you know, everyone talks about the Herschel Walker trade, right? You know, uh, w w that kind of deal for Mike Trout. That wouldn't even be enough. Wow. This, he, I mean, honestly, uh, Mike Trout is Mickey Mantle all over again. Uh, even looks kind of the same body type. Um, with that, the thing you can't believe about Trouty is his speed. Like, you know, Mickey Mantle when he was younger, you know, you hear the stories. So I, I didn't get Mike Trout going down the line over 4.00 many times. It was, it was either right there or faster. And I think Mickey Mantle went 4.0 a you know, few times. Yeah, yeah, Mickey Mantle's 4.0 was a breathalyzer, I think. Back, but nobody cared back then because guys could go out and drink and play hard. Nobody cared, right? Yeah, it was game on, you know. You just did what you had to do and that uh, – you know what? The thing about Charlie I like is the fact that he is a Philly guy, South Jersey. Philly, he's really a Phillies guy. You know, uh, Eagles, he goes to the games, you know, and Flyers. We talk about it when my Patriots beat up on his Eagles. You know, we text each other. And he's just that kind. Of, so he's a perfect fit. That being said, he, he loves the laid-back atmosphere uh, of L.A. And, you know, it's just, you know, beautiful. Everything you could like about playing a game of baseball at night is 72 sunny, all that stuff being at home. And, but he is a Philly guy. He's a blue collar guy. And I think that's why one of the reasons why he's so good. Now, Matt Klensek, I'm a buddy with, you know, he was the assistant, aide, uh, assistant GM. I'm sorry. Yeah. Assistant GM in Anaheim, Los Angeles, Anaheim, California slash angels. Um, don't forget Disneyland well. adjacent, sure though. Don't forget Somehow. Disneyland adjacent because it's right next to Dis. Because when Robin and I lived out there, and I lived adjacent. in L.A. for 11 years, you know, we go to Disneyland all the time because it was close. Right. Yeah, I forgot the adjacent. Adjacent <laughs> is very, very, 
Puppetry is very important in this conversation, you know, <laughs> naming the team. <laughs> Rick, I want to go back because I saw the interview that you did, and I knew about your history with the back, and, and obviously, you know, with the spine and the Mets. A lot of people say the Mets did you wrong because they traded you because of your problems, you know, physically. Yet, you know, you, were, you went out there and busted it. Yeah. You were a great first baseman. You were a great athlete, a college. I mean, Clemson recruited you to play quarterback in college. Yeah. You were a great basketball player as a kid. So how hard was that when, when you realized, you know, that you had and, andalosing, uh, how do you, I, I always mess up the, uh, the actual yep. spine, spinal situation. It's called andalosing spondi- spondylitis. Right. Spondylitis. Yeah, that that was uh, that was an A plus right there because I I still pronounce it. I just say A. You know, it's much much easier abbreviating it. But um, <laughs> it's a tough word. It's a tough disease. But to be honest with you, at that time in my career, I was a wimp. I didn't know how to play with it. Um, you know, I would cry when it hurt, and I'd hurt every day. So they saw a side of me that was not yet willing to do what I had to do to play through the pain uh, or at least do the preparation before the game to feel less pain to play. So when I went to Philly, I realized, hey, this is going to affect my career. Teams are just going to get rid of me unless I change. So a combination of, you know, wanting to help the Phillies win and wanting to get tougher and learn how to do it, support my family. My wife was pregnant. You know, a lot of important factors at the time of my life. I decided I'm figuring this thing out, um, but I, I still don't know how I did it, Tony. I mean, God had a way. I don't know, but it was still. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to give the Mets too much of a break. They got rid of me when I was hurt. That's it. Instead of trying to figure it out, but they did land John Olerud, and at the time he was a stud right after me. So I, you know, they might have had that in the works. I think before, the Mets are paying for it trade. right now with all these injuries, you know, with Thor out there, not, you know, not knowing how to handle pitchers and then letting the guy go and throw his arm out. This is, you know, this, and Matt Harvey going crazy. This is all payback for what they did to Rico Brogno, the New York Metropolitan. They should still be paying Rico Brogno, <laughs> not Bobby Bonilla. That's Except Bobby I mean. Bonilla is still getting paid for failing there, and you were up there and they disrespected yeah. you, Rico. Oh, man, there was motivation. I mean, you talk about a chip on your shoulder. We were in the AL, I stayed in the NL East, so I got to play against the Mets. Had a few game winners against them, and I was jacked up to play against them. As much as I enjoyed playing there, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to fight to win every every time we played them or the, the NL East at that time with the Braves. So we were right in it. Um, Philly was the perfect place for me. I couldn't have been more happy. And, uh, yeah, they, they, they didn't, you know, it wasn't cool. I mean, it wasn't cool, but it's the reality of, a, of an accountable business, baseball's, that type of deal, and it made me grow up. It made me get tougher. Getting tougher, I think, made me fit in better with Philly. And, you know, it snowballed into a good thing. Um, and, uh, you know, now I'm a baseball lifer. I thought I'd get out of it, but it just keeps pulling you back in, man. It just won't let you go away. Well, with the scheduling that happened with Major League Baseball, we seem to be playing the NL East every other day. So yeah. if you got anything left, Rico, we could use you first for a couple <laughs> games if you got a few swings, man. You could, if you still want to come back and be yeah. up on the Mets, if you got anything left for him, it could be the time. To... I'm going to sign one of those one-day contracts and keep renegotiating every night <laughs> so that game. I can keep getting a one-day contract. It's sort of like, it's sort of like <laughs> you know, I do on this but, podcast. You know, I do know Matt. I, I do know Matt. So, so Matty, if you're listening um, – you know, uh, sign me up. I, there's a hot tub. There's some ice and, and, and hot gel to throw on my back. Let's go. 
Now, now Rico Brony is with us here on the podcast, Tony Bruno Show. You, uh, ankylosing spondylitis. Now, there's so many forms of arthritis. I mean, I have arthritis. My mom does. It's hereditary. But my sister has a different form of arthritis. I have the, uh, the typical, the average, uh, what's it called? Rheum, not rheumatoid. Rheumatoid is what my sister has, right? Right. What's the one that's most common where it's in joints and stuff as you get older? Is that rheumatoid arthritis? No, the rheumatoid is where it's actually is, is a different kind of thing that you need to take medication for. It's very painful. Yeah, like my sister gets injections for it. But the, but your, the type of spinal uh, arthritis that you have, which you always will have, ankylosis spondylitis, what's the treatment for that? How, when you found uh, out, how, how did they find out that you had this particular form of arthritis? Yeah, it's in the family of rheumatoid. So, um, and, but it's it's unique because it covers everything. It's in the rheumatoid fam- um, under that umbrella, but it covers spinal other joints, and um, it just basically just wants to cover everything uh, arthritis. And I take medication um, every other. I take medication every day, but I get I get uh, an infusion at the hospital about once every two months. So bi monthly, I'll go in for about three or four hours, and they'll. They'll fill my gas tank up with medicine, and that kind of, uh, you know, gets near empty about seven weeks later. I go back and fill up again, and I also take a daily dose of some anti-inflammatory medications, and it, it really, I do well with it, you know, scouting or coaching, you know, like I've been doing with, uh, even in, I was with the Angels uh, Big League staff for a couple of years, two years ago, um, coaching. It, 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 it works. It's good, you know, you find a way. Staying a little active is always good rather than just sitting around and getting tight and stiff. Um, but, you know, you find it just like everything else. You know, you got to find a way. You make it work. And being an athlete or trying to be an athlete anyways, it, it helps me cope because I've learned a, I learned a work ethic, at least, you know, to try to stay fit. Now, interestingly enough, I mean, you played in the 90s, and, there, you know, that was the old greeny era where guys were, the, you know, baseball's changed. It went from guys that used to booze all the time, and then you had the guys with the greenies. And now we have the opioid thing, and obviously yep. in modern-day baseball, anybody feels any ache and pain, yep. I mean, they're, they're shooting them up right between innings. So if you, were playing, if you were playing now, for example, say you're just coming into the big leagues, yep. do you think your situation would have been handled differently based on how much people are so addicted to these to painkillers, and no matter what it is, got to get out there and play, or would it have been handled the same way if the condition was now versus then? Well, it's a good, it's a good question. I, there were nights I, t- I took, um, you know, I took pain medicine after the game. Um, not, you know, it wasn't an every night thing like that, but if we had a day game the next day and I was really sore or a few days, you know, a good week on that turf at the vet, um, <laughs> you know, it just helped me sleep. And sometimes, uh, after a game or something, it wasn't like, a an all the time thing, but, um, I don't know. I mean, my situation was unique. I think it would be, for me, it might've been the same in every in every era, I guess. But the thing that really scared me later on was I was taking a lot of prescription indicin, a lot, too much to play every day at the end of my career. And I was also taking multiple cortisone injection shots, not daily. That would be exaggerating, but basically they had the holsters, you know, ready to fire away, you know, follow me around. They were my shadow. And if I was, they'd shoot my shoulder, back, hips, knees, you know, they, they were on the ready. Um, if I called on them, and which I thanked them for because it helped me play, but I knew I was doing too much of that stuff to get on my career, which is why I decided to retire. We're talking with Rico Bronia, and then not only that, you go through all that, you retire, and then uh, a couple years ago, right, with the Angels, they found out you had testicular cancer, right? 
that, yeah, that's right. I, yeah, I had a feeling that in spring, I was coaching with the team, the big league team. And, um, I had a feeling in spring training, something was wrong. You know, I had, uh, symptoms that I knew, I think I knew right from the start, this was not a good thing. Uh, and the first thing I thought of was cancer. I put it off for about two months thinking oh, it's going away. It's going away. I took, um, antibiotics. It wasn't an infection. I finally just told our team trainer when we were in San Francisco early that season, I gotta, I gotta get this thing checked. And they said, you know what? You needed to get surgery last week on this right now. You need to get it. Yeah. And, um, I did. They, it was in one spot. They removed it. You know, it's kind of never goes away in your mind, but thank God it just, you know, the doctors did catch it. I, I did say something, even though it was two months, I did, I didn't wait a year or anything like that. So well, it's all good. good right now. I mean, I've been through it, Tony. I mean, dude, this is it. This is Philly. We're Philly tough. We, <laughs> you, you know, you just, uh, it makes you, it makes you stronger, right? I mean, you know, if it's not one thing, it's another, but I'm just kind of used to that being, being what it is. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's game on. <laughs> it's okay. I, l- now, l- listen to Rico talk. I'm ready to go give uh, the Rocky statue a stone cold stutter <laughs> right, right now. Now, Rico, is this kind of like like with testis- t- testicular cancer? Is it kind of like breast cancer, where women and men they're, they're afraid to talk about it? They're afraid to, to talk about and and like do the self checks. Like women, yeah. well, men, men aren't afraid to do the self checks. Well, Check no, myself no. every day, sometimes <laughs> twice. <laughs> but I mean, like, like you do, like you know, you do the breast check. You see if there's a lump. Is right. it the same kind of thing that you have to check your, you know, your, your your stuff yeah and see if there's lumps is that yeah yeah that? absolutely well, yep, same thing it was uh you know i i um you know i was looking for a way to lose some weight so after the surgery i dropped three or four you know whatever lbs i was a little bit lighter so i was i got to <laughs> tighten my belt up i was in a good place you know but i i did the the, the growth grew you know so to speak and it and Wow. You know, I kind well, of John Clark, John Clark went through now, the but, thing. You know, right? it's, it, it, it's the same thing. You know, it's like that's not supposed to be there. It's not getting smaller. Right. It's not even. It's it's probably getting bigger, which is the wrong direction for this for a growth. You know, in a weird spot. Yeah. And uh, that's when I just you know uncle. But yeah, I think it's embarrassing at first. I was embarrassed, and then no one knew, and I'm embarrassed for me. You know, and, and then I finally just. Yeah, but it's not like you're in the locker room I, and you can go, hey, uh, can you, uh, what does this look like? You know, you're, it's not like you can go up to somebody and go, uh, hey, check this out, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even, I didn't know, absolutely. I mean, it was totally humiliating. You know, you're a guy and you're tough and you can take it. And I've been through all these things physically where I've over tried to not, you know, quote unquote, overcome it. I can do it again. It's no problem. And I'm just like, dude, this thing knocked me on my back. And I just, I said, uncle, I got to go check it. And thank God, something, you know, inside of me said that to do it that day. And the doctor, you know, they did a scan. And sure enough, he said, you need to get this out yesterday. I think I flew from Anaheim. I went from uh, San Francisco to Anaheim to Connecticut in three minutes, uh, which was a a pretty, uh, pretty fast time. But honestly, I did it as fast as I could, got it removed. It was encapsulated, if that's the right word, and you know, to one spot. Six weeks later, I rejoined the team at Yankee Stadium, and you know, just like guys would be guys, I had a new nickname. They didn't want to, you know, the shower had like, you know, it's a big shower room for in the locker room, seventeen shower heads, and guys would go in and out, and it seemed that I was the only one. I was taking a shower. I was the only one in there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, guys, 
you know, I get the message, but I'm going to help you again. You know, this know. is a little weird for everyone here, right? It's not like it's and, contagious. Uh, yes. You know, so, well, John yeah, Kruk, now remember, part of it Rico. actually made me, feel, made me feel part of the team again. Well, John, John Kruk went through that, too, right? He had the same situation. And I know guys would, you know, would kid him and rib him he about did. one ball and all the other stuff and, you know, that kind of stuff. But he had yeah. the same situation. Uh, the nicknames that I was afterwards, they, they came up with for Classic, I was, again, they, you know, that's, I love that. It's kind of that team. They, they meant they cared and missed me and all that stuff. Mike Gallego, when we went to Oakland, you know, being in the AL West, we saw them quite a bit, and, uh, you know, we shared. He, he sent, had a similar experience, and he told me. And we had a lot of, you know, he, he helped me. Uh, this is going to happen. That might happen. You're going to feel fine, et cetera. Um, yeah, so a few guys have had it. I actually read in a, online, I think, the other day, one of the pitchers in Pittsburgh for a playing a current player. Um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I don't know if they did all the tests or whatever, but it was suspected that he might have that, so. It's 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 one of those things where you just uh, you know you, you want to probably go get it checked as quickly as you can, even though it's kind of an embarrassing situation. Not easy, easier said than done. Well, and I think it's also it's more common than men would like to think it is, and it is also very easily treatable. It's not one of those cancers that is deadly. You get it treated right. early on, and you'll be cancer free. That was uh, James uh, Jameson Talion Talion uh, from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, twenty five year old. Yeah. So in other words... Yeah, good young pitcher. I mean, I yeah. So, Rico, you are a proponent, as am I, because I've had a breast cancer scare. Um, it is mm -hmm. everybody just go out and touch yourself. Just touch yourself. Yeah, I mean, also, <laughs> from the last year from the uh, Colorado Rockies, yeah. Ch Chad Bettis, mm -hmm. another pitcher. Yeah, I mean, we're all, all men are yeah. built the same. I mean, we, you know, we may be different sizes, shapes, colors, races, religions, creeds, but we all have the same plumbing. Correct. And, and it's the same thing with prostate. You know, yeah. the prostate cancer awareness now finally is big. And I get it checked every year. I got a colonoscopy for the first time two years ago. You got to do this stuff as you get older because guys, they want to be macho and they don't want to have, you know, oh, I, that's not going to happen to me. Yep. And, then, and then it becomes too late. And these preventable cancers, especially the treatable, easily treatable when you catch it early, prostate and testicular. And Luigi had yeah. a lump in his breast as a man last year and he went and had it checked out. They removed it. You got to keep if you if you have, if you you can't yeah. be that macho row was a big thing with the Phillies. You remember those guys, right? Macho row, well, all the tough yeah. guys. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's check it, check it. Yeah, I agree. It's like you know the the, the medicine and the doctors and technology has come such a long way, but it really, you know, if we as you know as guys, um, again, easier said than done. But if it's teamwork, you know, if we could just kind of be on the alert. And uh, something's at, something's not right. Check it. I mean, check it. You know, it's easy. Again, easier said than done. But we have to work together. And I, I was fortunate. It was a it was a type of cancer. Or it is a type of cancer that can be treatable if you do get it early enough, like I did. So I thank God for that. But I'm on the team. You know, it's like, dude, it can't beat me. It can't beat you. If we get into it, we get to the doctors early. They have magic now. They have a lot of technology and wisdom that can help you. So let's, you know, let's let's um, let's be part of the equation because if our stubbornness and embarrassment and all that stuff, the stuff I felt actually, honestly, if we can get over that, um, be part of the uh, be part of the cure. Great stuff. I want everybody right now as a public service because that's why we're here, not just to make people laugh and have fun and talk sports. Everybody listening right now, if you're a man, I want you to reach down. 
into your private parts right now. <laughs> Way ahead of you, Holmes. <laughs> I want you to reach down. I'll turn my, I'll turn and my head. All you women out there, too. I want every woman listening because we have a lot of female <laughs> listeners. Yeah, I'll, reach into I'll your, touch myself now. T- Robin's touching herself right now. I want every man. If anybody looks in right now into the studio, there's no, be because really wondering this what's isn't going just some, on. This isn't some <laughs> shock jock. black curtain, Robin. This so. isn't some shock jock, tawdry <laughs> sex talk. This is, this is health talk. Absolutely. I feel like Dr. Sanjay Gupta over at CNN, Sanjay Gupta. Uh, who interviewed uh, Rico, right? It's a solid pull yeah. out of you, man. Dr. Sanjay Gupta sat down and yeah. talked to you about uh, and, and angulosing uh, spondy- spondylitis. So that's what this is show. This we care about people yep. on the show. But just remember, touch yourself. Don't touch anyone CNN else. And <laughs> well, and I'm you, glad you, to be a part of it. You know that the <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's an all-encompassing show. But it's uh, you know, hey, I think if we could joke about it, laugh about it like we're doing all the better, man. It's like, you know, we take things to so seriously nowadays, but, uh, I mean, obviously that's a serious subject not to make light of it, but that, that kind of helps break the walls down. We can kind of be not, you know, I don't know if they call it less manly or less macho row. I mean, it would probably be more proper, but yeah, heck, you know, being part of a team, you know, and they you get humbled by your teammates. They call you funny names, make nicknames up. That stuff is all, part of how you beat it it's part of how you you know i don't know i i'm just i'm just so thankful that i'm here another day to see my kids and my wife your wife's great by the way you got a chance to uh, catch up with her and great family up there and uh, so you're still living in connecticut right you didn't move back to massachusetts did you correct yeah i'm still in connecticut um where, where my wife and i basically we grew up the next town over we met in high school actually a year before high school you know, got married, high school sweethearts. We stayed in Connecticut. And, um, yeah, it's, it's great. It's, uh, you know, come to Philly a lot. Uh, watch the Army Navy game. I'm a big West Point guy. I know a few people there, and we finally turned the corner. But I usually go see that over at the Eagles Stadium. Mm-hmm. And um, certainly scouting, I get, I get down to see, you know, the Phillies games and some of their minor league teams, too, along the way. But home base is still Connecticut, Beautiful. Northeast. Well, Rico, it's great to talk to you, man. And when you next time you get down to Philly, give us a holler and uh, we'll get together. I'm gonna work on that Mike Trout trade uh, for you, Tony, and <laughs> you guys. But um, this is gonna be high, so uh, you know, get get ready to. Uh, you know, tell Bill Giles and Dave, Mon- you know, all the Monty and uh, all the people there in the Phillies ownership group that this one might be costly. But how about if we I, give I, you? I, how about if we give you a couple of first round? The Phillies are loaded in the minor leagues now. How about if we give you five minor league prospects and all the 76ers second-round draft picks for the next three years? Because they have like 50 of them, I think. Would that be enough for the Angels? Yeah, if we could dive into other sports, we might be able to. We might be able to keep the lines of communication over, you know, open. I'm sorry, with the Flyers and Eagles, and they got some good uh, up-and-coming youngsters too. There's no way we can ever trade Mike Trout. That dude is. You can't even explain. Can't explain him. Can't even explain that guy. He's just off the charts. It's, he's Bryce Harper, last he's thing. Bryce awesome. Harper or our boy Mike Trout, as you oh. call him, Trouty. Who would you take oh. right now? You had to start a team. Mike Trout, Bryce Harper. It's, it's, for me, it's not close. And that's not even disrespecting Harper. He's, he's a 70 on the 80 scale. But I've never given a player an 80 or an 8 on the, on the scouting scale where I could actually, in a sane way, put an eight down there because you just, there are no eights. Old-time scouts will tell you there's no eights. Well, since Mike Trout has been an eight for a few years, and he's improving. He's getting better, statistically everything. So it's not even close for me. 
that's not disrespecting Harper or any other player. It's just how it's not close. Child, I take Charlie. He's the best player I've ever seen play. Been around. Um, it's not even close. Well, since we can't help us out with Mike Trout, can help us out with Bryce Harper a little bit. <laughs> he just resigned in oh, Washington. He just, he just resigned. All the pipe dreams about Bryce Harper He's, becoming yep. a free agent and coming to Philly is not going to happen. Rico just said that he that Mike Trout is the best yeah. player he's ever seen. In his lifetime, yeah. Ever. That's, that's, that's ever. It's not close. It's wow. not close. No, it, I mean the players that you've seen not, since you've been alive, not the greatest player of all no, time. No, I understand, but that's, right. that's pretty big, man. There's been a lot of players that came through. That's, that's huge, man. Yeah, but nobody's done well, what Rico Brony has done as a Philly. Mike Trout I'm hasn't sorry. even done it. Has Mike Trout ever had three consecutive games with at least three RBIs? Rico Bronia did that. Mike Schmidt did three home runs in three straight games. But not, the last Philly to do three RBIs in three straight games was Rico Bronia in 1998. And you go down the history of all the great players. The, none of the World Series, not the Chase Utleys, not the, the, Ryan the Jimmy the Ryan Howard, the Jimmy Rollins. You name the players. None of those guys had three consecutive three RBI games. That's unbelievable, don't you think, Rico, when you know that? Don't think about Richie Ashburn, all the guys that came through, none of them had it. That's crazy. Unbelievable, man. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it takes guys to be on base in front of you, though, to drive them in. And I did, I did you know, I, I don't know, I, I wish I had the same focus with nobody on base, but it seemed to... It seemed to lock me in a little bit, knowing I, you know, there was a run to score. You know, if we could get a point to win that game, I became a little, you know, I don't know. Again, if I was able to lock that in every time up, I would have been a better player. I wouldn't have been in the inconsistent category. But um, that's awesome, man. Anything, anything Philly that I could be, I'm proud of. We actually played a caller came in, called in last week and played a commercial that you did when you were in Philadelphia. Yeah. This guy, one of these guys who listens to me forever yeah. has all tapes of everything I've done, yeah. and he played the yeah. Rico Bronia commercial. I forget it was our car dealer or something, right? No, but it was with somebody. It was Rico with... Yeah. Do you remember yeah. that? I remember that. I remember doing a few things. Yeah, I do. Uh, there was a Rocky seg that kind of made me into the Italian rock. That's I ran right. Around. That's right. Yeah, they were, you were running through the Italian market, and they were saying, run, Rico, right, yep. instead of run, yeah, Rocky? Yeah. Classic. <laughs> And I was tossing somebody in orange behind me off to the side, you know, like Rocky did in the movie. And I had that sweatshirt on that was torn, torn to shreds with that with the hoodie. And uh, that, that the Chuck Taylors, the Chuck Taylors, you know, definitely had those. Running in those didn't help your back. I know that. Much no, I, I can't help the <laughs> no, back. Not at all. No, they, they, they look cool, but they had no support whatsoever. <laughs> Have you seen a hipster run? It's Awful impossible. cushion, man. Those. No heels. They had no heels. They had no heel cushion. They had no cushion. They were just flat foot. They were like, they were like running in flip-flops, except they had ankle support. That's about it. And this was the wave of the future. As tight as you can places, as tight as you can. It's like there's nothing there except the lace. I'll tell you, though, for seven ninety nine, you could get you could get two pair. I know. I know. Those were the good old days, man. Now you can go buy a pair of LeVar, Lorenzo, yep. Lonzo Ball uh, $500 sneakers for his son out there at UCLA. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll have some cushion to them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rico, we'll let you go, man. Hey, how small is that ballpark down there in Salem? How many people show up for that single A game down there? It's it's not bad. It's um, it's a good area because it's kind of a city area right right outside the city in, in Roanoke. Uh, so for a single A team, they draw pretty nice. It's it's right um, a big stadium, so it doesn't fill out or any, you know it doesn't fill up or anything. But I don't know if it's a thousand or a couple thousand every night. It's not bad. It's a, I love going to the minor league games to scouts only because I don't feel like, you know, there's 50,000 people, traffic. Yeah. You can't get out of your seat. You know, at a minor league game, you can put your feet up. You have three seats to yourself. 
I could go get a burger in the fifth inning. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like totally a relaxed. And it's fun to watch young players try to figure out what they may become someday. Exactly. Rico, thank you so much, man. It's great to catch up with you. Appreciate your time tonight. Thank you so much. All right, Tony. Thanks, guys. I enjoyed it. Appreciate it. The great Rico Bronya. That's a quality 30 minutes. Not because we did it, because they're not interviews. See, that's one thing I've always said about what I do in this business. I have conversations with people. Solid talk right there, Tom. You talk, you, you know, there's no scripted questions. Nope. You just roll. You talk, you ask the next thing that's obvious. And, and when people always ask me, or young not people, so obvious sometimes. Well, yeah, I mean, sometimes we go off the rails, which is the best part but of the show. There's so many times when people you listen, listen to, for those of you out there, listen to people interviewing. You will hear when the person that is being that is that is interviewing isn't truly listening because they will continue with questions even though the answer doesn't exactly make sense. Regarding the next question. Well, it requires a, requires a follow-up. Again, right. I'm not trying to... I've been doing this a long time, so I'm not like, scolding people. But it drives people can me do nuts. whatever it's they a, want. It's actually a personal pet peeve of mine that, that if you're listening to an interview and they are so centered on the questions that they have in front of them that they absolutely have to ask and you hear the person being interviewed, they answer a question and they slightly go off into a different direction, yet the interviewer is so intent on asking that next question mm-hmm. that they don't follow up with what should be asked instead. You're absolutely right. And to me, the way I've always done it. Now, the only time you have to have, I've ever had to have prepare questions for an interview was when you interview the President of the United States. <laughs> right. You have to submit because you those have answers. to send them the questions in advance. Because they don't want you like blindsiding the President, regardless of whether it was Ronald Reagan, uh, President Clinton, Jimmy Carter... Who else? Uh, Al Gore, who was the vice president. Who else? I've interviewed like six presidents now. Actually, Donald Trump, I interviewed him before he was the wow. president. Yeah, yeah. So I could put him down as a president course, that right? I've interviewed. Yeah, yeah. It was at the golf course at the uh, Celebrity Golf Tournament in, in Tahoe. Tahoe a few years ago when he was still doing uh, Celebrity Apprentice. So it's about the only reason you have to send the White House questions before you interview a president it's because they want to know basically what you're going to ask. I think that went out the window with Obama, though. When he had the gal that was uh, in the Cheerios in the, mil- in the bathtub interview him, I do yeah, not. I, I, I have a I doubt that he well, had yeah, because those were, He was interviewing all these YouTube celebrities. and No, they were interviewing him. Well, my, that's my point. He was being interviewed by YouTube right. celebrities who had a ton of followers. And it was a smart strategy, except it didn't work because Hillary Clinton lost. But what so I'm, I, no, no, no. I'm saying is that it, <laughs> I, I seriously doubt that no, they didn't questions have prepared, were... No, they had to have some questions too, Robin. Trust me. Having interviewed five presidents, it doesn't matter who the president is. When you sit down, the White House insists that you have a... It doesn't have to be word for word. It has to be. I'm telling you, I can. Okay, Robin, you know how many presidents have you interviewed? I'm no. I'm saying that prior to, absolutely 100. percent But I can pretty much guarantee you that the Obama era created a situation where that is now no longer there. I would seriously say that you're. I would. I would bet any amount of money that you're wrong. Hmm. I would bet any amount of money. Did you listen to the interview? (laughs) Well, when you're interviewing nitwits whose whose claim to fame is sitting in a bathtub, it doesn't matter. The only reason those interviews were done, with all due respect, and I'm not a guy who likes to get political on the show, was because the president, knowing that he needed Hillary Clinton to win to continue his legacy, he went out and got 
And it was smart. It was a brilliant strategy. Get all these people with, you know, 5 million Twitter followers or Facebook followers who do stupid things on Twitter and get their fans to watch them, which they hope translates into votes. That's the way it works in politics. And remember, I'm a political science major, not just some strapper sports talk honk who's never even been in a, in a courtroom, who's never been in before Congress, who's never been in, a, in any kind of situation that involves understanding how government works. Me. There are people today who have zero knowledge of civics. They have no I idea. Know. All these clowns who are calling for the impeachment of the president, regardless of who he is, don't understand that you have to have grounds. A guy lying to somebody is not grounds for impeachment. Because presidents have lied Throughout history. Exactly. From the beginning of time. If lying was grounds for impeachment, (laughs) we wouldn't have had one president. So anyway, that's enough about that. Speaking of politics, though, I have breaking news from the high-speed Philadelphia district attorney race update. Because yesterday I I posted the question, what do people in Philadelphia care more about on Tuesday, May 16th? Tacos. No, Taco Tuesday. That's a very important the NBA draft lottery, which is hugely important, or the Philadelphia district attorney's race at the polls. I didn't even know it was happening. And sadly, the reality of the world is when it's not a major election like president, people don't care about these local elections. I don't even know what the numbers were. So the guy who got the most money, here's a, here's a, here's a shocker. The guy who raised the most money won in a field of like 15 people running for a, a district attorney of Philadelphia. Larry Krasner. Krasner, Krasner, I'm with no, you no, that's not. That's okay. a different group. That's Krasno and Krasno. Oh, Krasno, Krasno. This is Larry Krasner, oh, who was a criminal defense attorney for the last 30 years. Best of the field of seven Tuesday with a progressive agenda that promised criminal justice reform, a moratorium on seeking the death penalty, and a crackdown on prosecuting police misconduct. In Philadelphia, where Democrats outnumber Republicans seven to one, Krasner had a good chance of winning in November. So this is a runoff. He has a good chance of winning in November when he'll face a Republican who has zero chance in Beth Grossman. Okay. So there was a field of 11, 11 Democrats. They chose one, and then he'll go up against the sacrificial wait, wait, wait. lamb Democrat who haven't won an election in this so city since 19, the district since attorney, I was three years old. Let me, let, me, let me get this straight. The district attorney is a man who actively wants or does not want to work closely and support the police department. Based on, and, and that's not just me making an assumption. This is an actual story that says Larry Krasner, a day after becoming the Democratic candidate for district attorney, responded to a swell of criticism from the local police union, the Republican Party, which is just politics crap, and prosecutors about the prospect of longtime civil rights attorneys serving as the top law enforcement official. So basically, this guy says, hey, you know what? We're going to make sure nobody goes to jail anymore. And I don't want to overphrase this because, you know what? The only reason we have, we're having a special election for a district attorney is because the current district attorney, who is still yet to resign, has been charged with like 50 felonies and is still not, has not given up his job. It's a crazy world. Can you imagine there. anybody in any other world? I mentioned at the beginning of the show about the IRS not going after the guy who runs yeah. the pizza place, Mac and Mancos mm-hmm. or Mac and Max now because Manco got bought out, is a cash-only business. Yet the guy's able to stay all summer and open up a new pizza place at the Jersey Shore, 
and still conduct the cash business until it goes to jail at the end of the summer season. Nothing to I see think here. I Can th you imagine the inmates running the asylum? Yeah, that's exactly what's what happening. Exactly. exactly. It's anarchy. Like, like the, everything is about anarchy at this moment. Um, like if it's you, not about anarchy. Anarchy is when people actually go out and go crazy. I this think is, that this, this is, is people, the inmates are, running the asylum. People are going crazy. By the way, we have a Florida speaking, update. Speaking of anarchy, speak, yeah, exactly. no, no, before the Florida, Paul Lee, Paul Lee, Paul says, who? Paul Lee here on on. Uh, uh, Paul is Wall. it Paul Lee or Paul Lee? Like Lee. Paulie from the Jersey Shore? No, Paul Lee. Lee. Okay. Uh, on Facebook says <laughs> Tony. Don't you yell at Miss Robin. I'm going to send Pookie and the boys to visit you if you make her sad. So you mean I'm, I'm sounding like LeVar Ball yelling at Christine Leahy on the, uh, on the show uh, with uh, Colin Cowherd? Did you see that? Did you guys hear that today? No, I didn't. So LeVar Ball, everybody knows who he is. He's the father of Lonzo Ball, who's going to be probably now with a no doubt a lock to be the second pick in the NBA draft. Yeah, he's probably going to the Lakers, yeah. Probably. Yeah. I would bet that the, the Showtime rotisserie grill, the remaining quality roast beast that we broke in it, and everything I own, which is not very much, LeVar Ball is pretty much a stone-cold guaranteed lock to the Lakers. There's no bigger lock in sports than that happening. His dad pretty much proclaimed it now that the Lakers have the number two pick because the Celtics, people think they're going to trade. They may trade, but Danny, Danny Ainge is probably still going to take the best player in the draft, Markel Fultz. Even though he's a point guard and he's supposed to be the best player available, the Boston Celtics will take him and maybe trade him, but they have to take him first. Yeah. So Ball goes number two. And LeVar Ball's dad is the classic example of not since Todd Marinovich's dad. Now, they're not, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain myself because Marv Marinovich, who was Todd Marinovich, the quarterback at USC's dad, played at USC. He wasn't a good player. He later became a strength and conditioning coach, and the guy was a damn good trainer. So he's the one who told his son, Todd Marinovich, that he was going to make him the perfect quarterback. So unlike LeVar Ball, LeVar Ball, Lonzo Ball is a great player. Right. Obviously, he has good genes. His dad wasn't a great player. It's just like Joe Bryant. You know, Joe Bryant, the dad, was a good NBA player. His son, well, it's Kobe. Kobe's one of the all-time, all-time. Absolutely. Right. It's like Stephen Curry's dad. Steph Curry's dad. Right, Del Curry was Del Curry dad. was a really good NBA player. His son is unbelievably good right. and an obviously lock Hall of Famer of the future. So it happens a lot. Your dad, good athlete. Your son becomes a better athlete. A lot of times the dad's a good athlete. The son's not. Michael Jordan's kids never really became NBA stars. Oh, well, there's still time. Still no, time. I know that. But I'm saying not every kid who's a superstar, not every dad who's a superstar has offspring that becomes right. superstars. Well, I got to break in, though, because, I mean, there is one player who's up his chances in the lottery of, his, of one of his kids being coming that good, and that's Rogers Cromarty, who just had another I don't know, 14, number 14. 14. And he had a vasectomy. He is go that's incredible. Wait, 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 He's wait, going wait. after Holyfield, Tony. He's wait, going wait. after the title. He had a vasectomy before? Antonio Cromartie of the New York Jets. Well, he's out of football now, right? I don't think he's in the league. Yeah. He's had 14 kids now, and he just had his 14th after... But it's like 10 different women, Robin. He's received... Oh, I knew that. He got a vasectomy and Prior still to? had another kid. Yes. I, I think mean, he's I, pumped out two since the vasectomy. That this is, is one very virile man. <laughs> I Damn. Mean, doesn't he have a lawsuit against the... the his, Surgeon or whoever his urologist is. Now they do. I have. I I've, I've actually looked What the hell, up. bro? Seriously. I have looked this up. It is not a one hundred percent. No, it's guarantee. not hundred proven by Mr. Cromarty. It's it's definitely not hundred. No, it's not hundred percent proven. But but I mean, it's really high. 
But it's not 100% that a vasectomy works. But let me get back to LeVar Ball. Two ties Baller. are 100%. So LeVar Ball is pimping his son. Marv Marinovich, who was Todd Marinovich's dad, basically decided that he was going to become the robo quarterback. Todd Marinovich played well, at USC. Hang, hang on a second. Hang on a second. I looked it up. This is his third child since having oh, I, I knew at least two. I didn't know it was his third. Since the vasectomy. So then, so then wouldn't you, after the first time you had your tubes tied Can we and do pump it again? out a baby, not try a second and third time and pump out three kids since having a vasectomy? Holy but that's another God. story. Let me get back to the story Sorry. that I'm talking about. So Todd Marinovich was the 24th pick in the draft by the Los Angeles-Oakland Raiders at the time. I think they were the L.A. Raiders. He didn't want to be a quarterback, okay? His dad was a quarterback. He, didn't, he wasn't a success. Todd Marinovich was a good athlete. His dad was an unbelievable trainer. So his dad decided at an early age that his son was going to be robo-quarterback, that he was going to do everything in his power to turn his kid into a great NFL player. But what happened is Todd Marinovich gets drafted, goes to USC, gets drafted in the NFL, and becomes a bust. You know why? Because he didn't want to be an NFL quarterback. His dad insisted that he be a great quarterback. So the, what did he do? He revolted. He turned to drugs, alcohol, and it cost him his career. The difference with Lorenzo, uh, with uh, LeVar Ball, is that I don't believe he forced his son to play basketball. His son wanted to play basketball, is a great young basketball player, and has the skills to be the second pick in the draft. What Lorenzo, what, what the LeVar Ball is doing is he's doing what he's doing is unnecessary. If your son is that good and he's going to be the second pick in the draft, you don't need to be going on talk shows. And again, he can do whatever he wants. It's America. But the fact is these people put him on the air and he pimps sneakers and he pimps his kid and his poor kid's the one who has to go out there and play the game and deal with his dad being a jackass. So Ball goes on Colin Cowherd's show on Fox Sports Radio and Television, Fox Sports 1 TV, Fox Sports. And he starts ripping into his female, not technically a co-host, but she's in, on the show with him, Christine Leahy. Ball says that he basically told her to stay in your lane when she said that she wasn't interested in buying his shoes. He basically ignores her, disrespects her, and then proceeds to tell her that he doesn't want to hear her. Don't look at me because she's back. Now, she's in the back of the studio where you can't see, he can't see her. LeVar Ball is facing Colin Cowherd. Behind LeVar Ball is Kristen Leahy up in the back of the room in the studio in, in Los Angeles. He pretty much dresses her down, tells her to stay in her lane, and says that I'm not, she says that if you want people to buy your shoes, she says, I have no interest in buying your stuff. He says, well, I'm not selling it to you. I'm paraphrasing now. You go by, go look on, on the tape. And then here's the best part. So Ball then comes out and says, my son's going number two to the Lakers. And by the way, for all you people who didn't want to give me a billion dollars for my crappy, overpriced $500 pair of crappy sneakers, it's now up to $3 billion. You had a chance to give me a billion dollars to get my son's sponsorship. He went to all the companies, Nike, Adidas, the typical. Now it's $3 billion. Now the guy's a nutcase, so I get it. I don't care. You know, he wants to pimp his dad, pimp his son. His son doesn't need a pimp. But here's the problem. Mm -hmm. So then this guy goes on and makes a jackass of himself, is clearly a sexist pig, a no-good piece of shit human being, and he's got assholes all over Twitter defending him, defending him for blatantly, all you have to do is listen to the tape. 
to see that this guy is a sexist pig. If this were anybody else, he would be destroyed all over Twitter. But you got jerk-off guys playing the race card who are making this a race thing because a white chick had the balls to tell this guy she doesn't want to buy his crappy shoes that I wouldn't pay five cents for. If Stephen Barry's were still in, in business, I wouldn't pay a dollar for these shoes. But this jerk-off, LeVar Ball can go on radio shows where they give him the time of day, which I would, I would never put him on the show. And I'm glad the 76ers aren't going to draft this guy. They better not. I hope they don't. They better not. Because you know what? There's only one thing. Putting pressure on a kid to play at a high level is bad enough. Then adding pressure on your kid like LeVar Ball does by pimping his son like an absolute pimp on the street. Pimps on the street have more credibility than LeVar Ball. This guy is an absolute asshole douchebag. Douchebag and a piece of shit sexist who should never be allowed. I would never put him on any radio show. But you know what? All these idiots in L.A. are putting him on their radio shows because they know he's going to say something stupid. It's a rating spike. That's what it is. And again, he has the right to do it. And these stations have the right. I'm not denying him his right to be an asshole. I'm just saying that if you want to be an asshole, LeVar Ball, guess what? You're going to be subject to being ridiculed just like any other asshole. You got it, brother? You're a piece of shit. A piece of certified shit. I am pissed off. God, and people defend this crap. People defend this piece of shit. It's a joke, Tom. He is a joke. On that note, let's go to our Florida update. (laughs) We've got to get the Florida update. We'll do do the Florida update and then we'll sign up. I don't get that angry. But but when I see people just going crazy about every little thing in this world and then conveniently disregard this guy as an absolute piece of garbage, that just shows you how screwed up this world is. When a guy could say something, if this were anybody else, they would be crucified Pretty much. for treating a woman the way he treated him. You would hear the misogynist, sexist. This guy, It's free absolutely pass, true. I know. Right? It's crazy. Anybody else does this, they're a misogynist. They're a sexist. They should never be allowed to breathe air again. But this piece of garbage can just throw his crap out there and have idiots on Twitter defending this guy simply over race. That's what this is. This is another example of a black dude getting a free pass by the black community. And, and, and listen, I'm as fair as you can be. This guy's getting a free pass by a lot of people on Twitter who are basically giving him a, an absolute free pass to disrespect white people because that's cool. Yeah. And that's a joke. I'm sorry. I don't disrespect anybody. But when you allow a guy to do that and get away with it and you have people defending it, you have no right. You have no right for those people who defend LeVar Ball to go out there and criticize anybody else. You can never drop the sexist card. You can never drop the racist card. You can never drop the misogynist card. You have revoked your cards. You are crapped out, just like at the crap table, just like at the blackjack table. You got no more cards. The dealer won. You lose, suckers. You lose big time. Wow. Okay. Can I just say that social media just blew up? Your Periscope, your Facebook, your and I'm, this is in a prepared statement. No, this it's is not. coming from this the heart. Is from the heart, and in like, I mean, look at look at the hearts. Look at the hearts, just like going crazy, crazy, I'm crazy. I'm sick crazy. and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of double standards in this country. And I'll defend anyone of any race, color, creed, nationality when something wrong happens to them. But I will not defend someone who does the indefensible. Not even Luigi. 
the hell did I do to you, man? I don't know. Something earlier tonight. I think. Nothing. I've done nothing <laughs> to you, man. I've helped you carry sheetrock. I've done everything for you. Man. I've done everything for you. Are you kidding me? His mom kisses me when I walk in. I know. I'm, 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 you're like another son now. That's it. She is. You're like you, the illegitimate son she never had. I'm, I'm, I'm your bastard child. <laughs> You are. You are. You have now joined ranks with the Tony Bruno golden child, as far as Mama Bruno is concerned. And did I give him a certified piece of shit stamp yeah. of the you stamp did. tonight? Certified piece of shit. You know, when you're certified, it doesn't get any better than that. Well, speaking of people being certified, Tom. Down to flower. <laughs> certifiable. Welcome you to the Sunshine State. <laughs> wow. I didn't really want to get all upset today. We had the Showtime Rotisserie. We had a great conversation with with the great Rico Bronia, which was a lot of fun. Ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) What do you got, Robin? Let's go to Miss Robin where things are much quieter. Normally, I start off a segment by saying exactly where in Florida we are talking about. But in this particular case, I'm not going to say the city yet. And the reason why... Is because there are many. So, um, Twitter, you know how you do hashtags? You can Twitter can tell from whence those hashtags come from. And they do now because there's so many millions and billions of people that are participating in Twitter hashtagging every single day. I remember when it used to be, they just used to be called the pound sign. Pound yes. sign, yeah. And no longer. No longer. So... They studied, Twitter studied over 100,000 geotagged tweets. Geotagged? Is that like Geo Gonzalez or uh, Giovanni? No. Well, I, know or I, know, I know a guy, my old neighbor, who used to tag Geo. No. Like, you know, like, yeah. I'm not kidding. He used to tag Geo. <laughs> not the same thing. And um, they determined where certain hashtags, like things that talk about faith, things that talk about hope, charity, and other types of... Like the process here in Philadelphia? Yeah, yeah. Trust the process. Uh, has the process over yet, and or is it still And also hard? the more devious hashtags, like the kind of things that talk about pride or laziness, angry, or lustfulness are coming from. And there is a certain city that I am sure that Tony is now going to be bound for very shortly that is the most lustful city in the United States, according to Not Twitter. Las Vegas, which is Sin City? No, you would think. Uh, the Sin City is hashtag conscious, um, the most greedful. They're the most greedy. They talk about money the most. In Vegas? Yes. Yeah, well, why do you Vegas. think people go there? But the most... Other than the, the sex and the women coming to your room. Well, you would think, so you would think that, that, that would kind of go strip. hand in hand. Like, lustfulness would come for Vegas? No, no, no. Vegas is re- the reason people go is they want to win money. And it's a great place. By the way, it's great restaurants, great shows, everything else, too. But it's all about money. But the Saints and Sinners report, the Sinners. Isn't that a, like a swingers club? I think it is. Oh, okay. I think it is. But in this particular no, case. Saints and Spinners, Tony. Saints and oh, no, spinners. no, I think the Saints and Sinners. In this particular case, the most sinful city is not Las Vegas. No, no, no. It's not? No, it is not. KNA? 
It is Fort... It's a world in its own, <laughs> dude. What are we talking about? It is Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Oh, I love... We were at Fort Walton Beach. We were there in Fort were Walton we? Beach, yes. Where the heck is it? Why don't I remember this? And why... We, I remember when we re- went in and we couldn't get a room and then we pulled into the, into the hotel? Was that the shittiest hotel ever? Was yes. that Fort Walton? That was Fort Walton Beach and it was spring break <laughs> oh. when we went there. What's no, the matter with you, Robin? That was not Fort Walton Beach. Yes, it was. Wow. It was Sarasota. No, it wasn't Sarasota. Okay, I have to go back and find the photographs. It was Fort Walton. I probably. actually took pictures of this particular hotel. So we thought we were down at spring break, um, and we had come down with WIP to go to the spring training, right? And afterwards, we decided we were going to take a couple extra days, and we were going to Drive down, down south, past Sarasota. Break early. Yeah, exactly. We did not expect that there would be no room at the inn, so to speak. We wanted to go down to, uh, all the way down to... uh, uh, Fort Myers. Fort Myers, Florida, which is a great place. So... So we thought we'll just we're just gonna wing it, you know. You know, you just stop off at a motel. It doesn't have to be fancy. Well, we're gonna the wing hotel, it. By the way, that's not fair to the hotel. The problem was it was spring break and they had already rented all their places to these crazy kids who were getting Every drunk and single, you know. quote unquote, nice. And I'm not when I'm talking about nice. I'm even including like the motel sixes. <laughs> the, everything that was sort of quote unquote legit was completely 100% booked, and the only. <laughs> Availability was a hotel that I swear to God probably rented out by the hour. All right, let's get back to the uh, Florida update already in progress. But that was so that was Fort Walton. Well, that makes so much sense now. Um, That's the sexiest city, or the- no, 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 the most lustful. Yeah, because everybody wants to get laid. You remember the cops? They were like checking to see if we were legitimately checking into the hotel. <laughs> That's how worried they are about people going crazy spring break weekend down. Sure. There. So the most lustful city, and this is they they talk about. So they talk about um, uh, po- porn, sex. Um, uh, they talk about uh, who friends is they? With who, who are these people doing this? The people that are geotagged in Fort. Walton. Have you geotagged anybody, so, so do you know what no. geotagging is, Tony? You were starting to fade out, man. You a little bit, shy. bro. Tony, bit. do you know what geotagging is? Uh, no. So if you... I tagged a chick named so Geo you, once, though, but I mean, as a Gia, <laughs> is that the same thing? So what no, that definitely is, not. No. What that is, is if you are on your Twitter and you have your location search okay. on, okay, then see. it can tell where you are tweeting from. Geographically, you yes, are tagged. Yes, yeah, okay. so you're Geo. geotagged. And so they talk about um, uh, threesomes. They talk about... Uh, In Fort Walton? Yes. I, I got to get so, back down there when there's see? no spring break. <laughs> see? Get all the damn kids out of there. You. Let me go you down there be- and handle the adults, okay? <laughs> That's all I want. I told you you would want to be going as down there. As long as you're over 21 right and you're an adult. Punk college kids, sorry, I ain't got time for that. Ain't I hate no, you. Ain't nobody got time for that. So, Even so long story short, full, Fort ain't Walton Beach is the most sinful city. We got to go back, but not spring break. That's my recommendation. Luigi, have you been down there? I've never been. I've been to Florida, but never there, though. We got to get you out more, son. You do need to get me out. You need to get me out in the sun more. I'm, I'm dying over you there. You are. You're a white cracker, man. I now, am pasty white. This. You are a cracker. I am like getting like Volvo's catalog a month. I'm that outside. Kind of I was out just working a little bit today. I got a little golden. Robin's going to go get a fake tan for the wedding like every chick has to do. Well, because I don't which tan. Which should be criminal. I was, I was walking around a little bit. I was downtown. Tony, I don't tan. That's why, do you ha- why do women have to get tans to go to a wedding? Because I Everybody don't... knows they're all fake tans. Right. You live in a place where it's been raining for three weeks. 
Who the hell has a tan living in Philadelphia where the sun's been out one day in the last two weeks? You know you're lying. Because. No, you're lying. Damn right. Here's the problem. (laughs) No, you're lying. So let me tell you, I had the perfect dress pick out for me, but I was told that I could not wear that dress because it has white in it. It Is Is that racist? It is a blue and white dress. And the bride, your niece, doesn't want anybody else wearing anything. Well, wouldn't you have a problem with the bride? It's the bride's rules. It's her wedding. Who are you to tell the bride what the hell you're going to wear? I was, we we were out, (laughs) and I was told what dress I should wear, and that particular dress washes me out completely, and so now I need a tan. I need a tan too, but I get mine the old fashioned way incidental contact. Because, like, I get sex (laughs) incidental. Because what was that? I'm sorry. Tony. Oh, it looks good on you, though. Yeah, well, it does. <laughs> the reason is, is that you that, actually can tan. I have I don't. that great, what do you call it, skin? Uh, Olive. Olive skin. Olive. Sicilian. I'm the whitest Italian guy. You on are, man. You're a cracker. I am a cracker. But you are still darker than me. Yes. Exactly. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, you are. So I don't tan. I just get red. I'm like chalk, yo. Exactly right, man. <laughs> so Why there yourself? you have it. So there so, you have it. I, I apologize for the rant tonight. My, jo- my goal is not to come in here and get angry. No. Because you won't like me when I'm angry like the Hulk. Which is out there, by the way. There is on YouTube. Search, search for it. Tony Bruno Hulk. There, you will hear the transition. You were on the phone. This was back in the oh, old, with Dean. into the with 90s. Dean. Yes. Yeah, it was with Dean from Clearwater. It is Dean from Clearwater. My, my, my most like, craziest rant ever. Oh, I remember that. And rant. Dean's a friend. That's the amazing I know, thing. I know. I met Dean. I wouldn't, cool. do, I wouldn't do that to But you, uh, you can hear caller. the transition. So Tony's completely normal, as like he was tonight. Tonight was another one of those Hulk moments. Tony was per- perfectly normal. Calm. He was the the doctor. What was the doctor's name? Jekyll. Uh, no, 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 no. Mr. Hyde. No, no, no. In the Hulk. Uh, doctor oh, Dr. David Banner or yeah. Bruce Banner. So, I always Bruce get Banner. those confused. So, so Tony was Bruce Banner. David Banner's rubber band man. <laughs> it's T.I., bro. Tony was Bruce Banner. And then all of a sudden, you saw his shirt ripping. You saw the veins popping. He started to turn green. And all of his clothes fell off. And he turned into the Hulk. And therefore, the rant. By the way, can I officially thank the Boston Celtics for participating in this year's NBA Eastern Conference Finals? Why? Is it over? Well, is this, how many games will this series go? How many games? Uh, honestly, God, true. And not just because we haven't played in a while. Oh! <laughs> Sweet, bro. I don't know. LeBron might get lazy and give him one. To be yeah, honest with you. LeBron is pretty much doing whatever he wants. I, I can't see, uh, and over out in the West before we ended up, I, I can't see San Antonio winning a game. No, especially down 2 nine. And Kawhi Leonard being out. I can't, exactly. No, I can't even see him winning a game. It's, it's easy work out. They may win a game because they're, they're still a great team. And Can I know Kawhi Leonard's a huge loss. And I know people are crying that the Warriors have been beating teams that aren't at full strength. Like it's their fault. Now, other than the Kawhi Leonard incident, which could be attributed to, to the Zaza Pachulia hit or move, or block out, whatever you want to call it. When he was on the bench? <laughs> yeah. When he was sitting on the freaking bench, Tony? <laughs> the bottom line is, the Warriors are good. And let's, can we just fast forward to the NBA Finals? Yeah, it's going to be a hell of a Finals, though. I, I agree. It's going to be great. And the problem is, it's not, you know, that you, you beat who's in front of you. When people talk about schedules, you play the teams that are on your schedule. If somebody's hurt, you know, what are you going to do? And the Warriors, and, and there's no doubt, for the third consecutive year, the two best teams in the NBA are the same teams, Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers. And that's how far people have to come to get there. Although I agree with Joel Embiid. What? What do he say? If the Sixers can stay healthy and put these guys together and add another piece, it's not going to be that far away. 
for a sad sack franchise like the Sixers to once again rise to the top in the sure, NBA course, Eastern Tony. Conference. Of course. Celtics are good, but they, they don't have a lot of they don't they're not exactly loaded. No. Yeah, they they got a guy who was the 60th pick in the draft yep. as their best player. Isaiah For all Thomas. you people obsessed with lottery picks, Isaiah Thomas was taken by the Sacramento Kings, went to the Phoenix Suns, and then wound up with the Boston Celtics, the 60th pick in the he NBA spent, draft. He spent three years in Sacramento doing nothing. And now he's an emerging nothing. superstar in the league. He's, an, he's, he's a, a, a first-team NBA point guard. Absolutely. And, and the guy's 28 years old. He's not a guy who just came into the league. No, he's been around a little bit. But the point is... That's why all this obsession with you got to get a top three pick, Isaiah Thomas, 60th pick, second round. Well, NBA again, roster. Tony, the rest of it's, you know, he's an exception to the rule. That's, no doubt it's, about it's a rarity. You know no what I mean? Doubt about guys it. But, like him but there are more them. guys like Isaiah. Just look at the San Antonio Spurs roster, other than the top three guys that they've had in the last 20 something years. Excuse me. They're not getting lottery picks to build, rebuild that thing and keep that thing on the track. No, they're drafting well. They're bringing in free agents. Exactly. They're getting guys and they're drafting play. guys at 20, 25, 30, 35 who come in and contribute. That's called great organizations. That's why the Brooklyn Nets coaching. stink. But also you got to have GMs who make the right picks because, you know, Pop doesn't draft all the players. He, do, he takes the players and he deals with what he has, and he's a great coach. But the problem is there's too much. It's, it's a crapshoot. You don't know whether the 60th pick in the draft is going to be better than the first. One thing we know for sure, the 60th pick in that draft that San Antonio Spurs took, the Sacramento Kings took in Isaiah Thomas, is better than the first pick in the draft that the best team in the East, the Cleveland Cavaliers, took just three years ago. Yeah, with Anthony Bennett. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So that's it. That's pretty much it for tonight. We I'm shot little, now. We went a little over, but we had we, Tony, it, it was, we had a... You know, this was like making TV history here. Well, podcast history. We did the we we cooked the roast beef live on air, man. We chats. We did everything tonight. I know. We talked about sex, food, and sports. What more can you want? That's what it's all about. And then maybe a dash of politics. Just, uh, just, just, a, just a, a splash. splash. Just, just a, a little sprinkle, like the guy with the salt. <laughs> who's the salt bay guy? Yeah, that guy. Uh, What's he called? I don't know. You know the guy who does the thing. He with has the a salt. tomahawk steak, and at the end, of, like he's 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 slicing. It's like the the, one of the biggest memes. 